2: i heard cam start talking about mccormick's vodka and all i knew was there is no better start to saturday night fever the cold open the whole thing than going into absolute rank ass liquor like i will say that was the right the way
3: <laughs> yeah yeah there's only there's only one way to do this and mm-hmm.
2: uh, we're starting out the exact right way. Love it. So once again, this is Saturday Night Fever. This is the uh, Week 8 recap for Basketball Conference. You'll notice that it is not just myself and Mike McDaniel. It is also Mr. Cam Underwood. And you might also notice, notice Producer Scott with us. But uh, speaking of Rank Liquor, Cam wanted to come join the show after how Miami played today. Um, I don't know if we have to start there necessarily. Mike, you're the you're the cruise director, so you, uh, oh. you know. Oh, we're, sta- we're
3: starting there. We're, we're starting there. <laughs> Miami had eight turnovers. That was the most in a power five football game since two thousand seven, Scott, that's correct. Most in a power five game since two thousand
2: nine. Two thousand nine. I'm trying to to figure out how that's like mathematically possible. Like how to try to find the
1: last game. Yes,
3: most in a most in a power five game since two thousand nine, most in an FBS game since twenty seventeen. Those are two marks you you don't want to hit. Uh, what was it? Five fumbles, three interceptions. Cam,
0: those are it's unreal,
3: fumbles. brutal, yeah. and and it's and it's Duke, right? And like Duke's been it's been a nice story in year one for Elko and company. But come on now, come on yeah, now. It
0: was it, w- it was bad, and you know when, when we hopped on the mic before we started, Joey asked you know how you know whatever, and I said yeah no or how many? I said yeah you know ESPN eight the Ocho like that's <laughs> you know and. <laughs> That was it, bro, you know, and honestly, oh, sorry.
2: Would that be an sorry. upgrade from Jefferson Pilot that this game was on, by the way? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh,
0: <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Uh, you know, shout out to Raycom Sports and everything, but uh, yeah. Oh, um, man, Raycom yeah, Sports, baby. You know, hey, the Regional Sports Network, I Like, and whenever we get to one of those, I'm like, I have to remember, like, okay, what Regional Sports Network exists currently to carry that? So Bally, <laughs> Bally Sports South was that um but yeah this is almost and for a couple seconds it was actually nine um turnovers jake garcia threw an incompl- uh, through an interception on a fourth down that was overturned that became just a turnover on downs for a failed fourth down conversion attempt um when he threw the ball directly to a safety um basically and yeah so it was eight turnovers uh, as i said and um There were also two failed fourth down conversion attempts. If you want to count those as turnovers, and the first one was deep in their territory, so I tend to do that, Uh, you could make the case that it was actually 10 turnovers. Um, We were doing a lot of researching in the press box amongst all of us who were there (laughs) and and everything. Miami threw seven interceptions in consecutive games to end the 1944 season. Uh, They also lost six fumbles in a game in each of the decades of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So, if – as I mean, they were putrid in 1944. So, the University of Miami was founded in 1925, fielded a team for a while, did not field a team in 43, returned to fielding a team in 44, in case anybody is wondering. So, this is the first year back for them, and then they threw seven uh, interceptions at Tol- against Tulsa and then Texas A&M to finish that season. If they turned the ball over additionally, then that would either – be as many as today or more. So, like, I can't guarantee a hundred percent. And I, I scoured the internet trying to find the full box scores for all five of these games with other, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple turnover uh, giveaways, and couldn't find them. But I'm comfortable saying that this is at least a modern record since 1980 um, in terms of the number of turnovers. And I mean, it's it's bad. Like, you know, Tyler Van Dyke hurts his shoulder um his throwing shoulder he gets sacked um onto his throwing shoulder by two dudes so collarbone right gotta be mass time acceleration collarbone ac joint separated shoulder i mean like he was on the ground and when i say not moving like i mean not moving and you know people are talking (laughs) in the press box i'm like you need to look because nine is down like i mean he wears number nine you know my quarterback is down and and everything. So then he goes out, and Jake Garcia showcases a good arm, but <laughs> also, um, I mean, he threw two touchdowns, you know. But he also threw the ball to the other team three or four times, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. And I mean, this team full on Clemson fifty eight nothing game quit in the fourth quarter, like. So
2: he, actually, up he actually. He actually. He actually threw three touchdown passes. The problem is one of them was to Duke. One,
0: exactly. He threw a pick six to Duke. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, but he found you know the end zone a, a few couple times. Exactly. But, I mean, like, like Miami was up makes in this things
2: game. happen. Let's go. Uh, uh, Miami was
0: up in this game, twenty-one yeah. seventeen in the third. Duke scores the final twenty-eight points. It ends up as a blowout loss. I mean, and it was funny because I'm like, well, this score means the stands are going to empty. And then there was another one. Okay, then th- they're emptying. And then the pick six happened. That was the final one. And then, like, even the most diehard, I'm going to stay to the end of the game and fuck y'all people, were like, all right, man. Like, look, I'm going home. It was <laughs> – <laughs> it, it. there's so much broken, and I don't even know where to start fixing it. Nobody
3: and- – Look, nobody yeah. is going nobody's going to mistake Jake Garcia for Jeff Garcia. Like, that was my – that's my <laughs> takeaway. All right. Like, this well, was I mean, this was. Is bad. that
0: his well, dad
2: or, like well,
0: – Jeff Garcia is a better quarterback overall, but, like, Jake Garcia actually has, like, a passable arm, so you can actually run routes that are deeper than five yards from the line of scrimmage, uh, which you could not do with a uh, Jeff Garcia quarterback team. Um, that's fair. But, like, it just – If you get into the minutia of thing, well, first of all, Miami cannot run the ball. You're talking two and a half, three yards a carry before you take away the sack yardage, which ended up making it a yard and a half a carry. Look, you got to be able to do something running the ball, but you cannot do that. Then, and i I got to go back and look at these plays to see, like, the structure and see, okay, maybe there's some reading from, you know, right to left or whatever the progression is, but... I rem- I, I'm just watching in the press box. I'm just seeing them run the plays. And I'm seeing – I saw at least three instances of somebody running a shallow cross from offense's right to offense's left, so across the face that way of the quarterback. Open by three steps, and they don't throw it to him. And am like, Jacoby George, if you hit him in stride with a middle linebacker chasing a wide receiver for the Miami you know, Hurricanes – He's catching that, turning that up, and that's a first down, if not a touchdown. But I don't know if it was too long of a throw or it's a thing where you only feel comfortable throwing the left-to-right crosser, which is coming into your arm side open window or whatever. But I'm like, there are dudes open. So, like, what are we doing? You know, oh, we get that first first down on the drive? We're going to go at tempo and everything. But then it just... You know, the defense had short field after short field. I'm not against the decision to go forward on fourth downs because I like the aggression, even though you did it on the first and second drives of the game, which hint to a level of panic overall, I think, from the coaching staff because, like, they're not – like, Chris Ball is not that dude. Where He's like, yo, this is coming apart at the seams, so we're going to do that because we have to do that to try to win, mm-hmm. you know. But then you run inside zone, which has gotten a yard and a half on average all year long. And then it's a long one, and you get stuffed, and then turn the ball over. And it just, I mean, turn the ball over on downs. Not one of the, you know, ESPN 8, the Ocho turnovers we actually gave to them. Um, you know, poor tackling. It just <sighs> Look, I'll, I'll put it to you like it, this. I was talking to my boyfriend, who I used to host a podcast with. Yep. And if anybody doesn't know like bowl eligibility means six wins like you have to do that to get there. And I said so you need 3 of the next 5. That's Virginia, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Pittsburgh. You need 3 of those 5. Where you find in 3. And I'm he goes, "Well, Georgia three. Tech is is probably, you know, okay. I said, Georgia Tech, I, look, now, Joey, I agree. That's what I said. I said, mm, I'm not putting that in stone at all. But Fred, I, if you want to do I that. I didn't say
2: anything. I just gave you a look.
0: Like I know. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I literally tell you what he told me. I, that look that you gave is the look that I had on the phone. I said, hmm, Fred, you, you're, you're putting that in stone, Ten Commandments coming down from the mountain style? He said, yeah. <laughs> all right, Moses, you know, going to lead me there. But <laughs> <laughs> So he says, Georgia Tech and maybe virginia but they'll beat the state clemson and pittsburgh is lost uh, yeah and i said
3: they'll beat virginia
0: so you got one you have one and a possible out of 5 and you need a firm 3 you need a strong 3 to get to bowl eligibility look this season is going to end in October, in december like this, i don't see bowl eligibility now and if you were going to get to 6 today against Duke had to be one of them six. And you find a way not even to lose that, but get like, blowed out. And every, and to the point where, like, I literally, I'm in the press box and I was listening to a different game as I was writing Good, Bad, and the Ugly and I hopped in our DM on Twitter and I said, bring me back on the show, in all <laughs> caps, because I got to talk about this. This is terrible, bro. Like, it's so bad. And I'm going to leave you with this because I know I've been on this, the, this soliloquy for a minute. You got to though. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to let you react. Y'all ready? Hit me. If Manny Diaz was still Miami's coach, Miami <laughs> They talked Five about this
1: last stop, week. Stop. They talked we about are. this last week. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> I was Cam? literally about Cam? to ask Cam? you that. Cam, <laughs> Cam?
3: I, li- listen. I was gonna. I was gonna Five save this. I was gonna save this. Five and two. I, I've been. I've been workshopping a take. On this podcast for a few weeks now. And Joey has jumped aboard the train. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. This? Oh, Am already I right
2: now? <laughs>
3: I've been workshopping a take that for this particular Miami team, they'd be playing a lot better for Manny Diaz. They'd be a lot better coached. They'd be more prepared to play. And yep. the interesting part about this, too, is – I've liked the Cristobal hire. I've been very much in the camp of if Cristobal doesn't work, what's Plan B? Because I don't it's know what the answer is, right. right? So I've been in that Jimmy camp. Jimmy Johnson, bring him back. Jimmy, yeah, bring back Jimmy Johnson. Like, wh- what are the what are the uh, yeah, the <laughs> eighty eighty three year old Jimmy Johnson? Like, what are the what are the options, right, if Manny Diaz if, – if, sorry, What's not Manny Bush Diaz. What's Butch Davis doing? If, <laughs> if Butch Davis, yeah. What, what are the <laughs> options if Mario Cristobal <laughs> does not work, right? And I still think it will probably be okay, like, long-term, I think. But for this particular Miami team, I think they would be in a lot better spot if Manny Diaz was still the coach, and I am – taking that workshop take and we are riding that train baby we're riding that train because i don't think miami is making hey. a bowl game either miami had look, listen to this real quick this is from alex Kirshner. duke had scoring drives today of 25 yards 23 yards 22 yards and negative one yard those are the scoring some, some of the scoring drives for duke today um went backwards and scored went backwards and scored <laughs> like this is incredible it's it's an incredible display of ineptitude by Miami. Is what this is. Um, they I also g- I... had
0: good. No, they, the, their other two scoring drives were 56 yards, so not lar- not far, and then an 18 place 79 yard, nine minute, 22 second, absolute just slog. So they had really one drive. Everything else is under 60 yards. Like that's a lot to ask for the defense and eventually like yeah it kind of came apart and everything but just like yeah no I, I believe fully that this team would be five and two if Manny Diaz were the coach this year no I'm not saying that the recruiting would be as strong I'm not saying that you know moving forward because these are a lot of Diaz guys and yeah I think they would play better for him uh, and not quit uh, and things like that because a Manny Diaz coach team they never quit they would get blown out they would lose but they didn't quit. They played hard. They don't lose this game and middle Tennessee. So we're at three and four right now. You take two of the losses, you flip them to the wins. That's your five and two. You probably lose to Carolina because Manny Diaz could not beat Mac Brown to save his life or job literally. And you probably go in there and you, you probably don't lose close to Texas A&M. You probably get blowed out. Fine. All right, cool. But five and two, you can still spend something forward, but I fully believe at this point. And yeah, like, you, look, you got five games left. You got probably, and maybe Fred said it the other way, where Virginia was the assured win and Georgia Tech was the possible. Either way, you got one and a possible for my spades players, and you need three to get to bowl eligibility. They're gonna have plenty of time to hang out around the facility, go on some dates at South Beach with their girlfriends or whatever <laughs> the girlfriend of the day is. uh... You know what I mean? Not the worst like, plan girl, B. Hey, I look. I might need plan B. Who knows? I spent all of my <laughs> spring breaks in college on campus uh, and the, my senior year I went for three days to Vegas or four days to Vegas and then the other half of spring break I spent uh, you know around the Miami area. So like look, I've had lots of fun doing that and everything, but I'm saying they will not be obligated by uh, any kind of exterior scheduling of a planned football game uh, to occupy their time after um, the w- when the calendar turns to December.
2: I think it was uh Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech who talked about some of the guys who maybe weren't as committed to playing with the team and being as as you know as good and really working to be good at football. He talked about them as being guys who just you know I don't know they kinda like to you know be in the showers with the other guys that kind of thing <laughs> oh it's kind of what it makes me think of is you know the guys are just kind of there they're going through the motions they wear the jersey and they they're able to they've got the swag and the you know the gear to say hey i'm a Miami football player, but uh you know, the question is, like, are you really committed to what that should mean versus what you think it means, I guess? I, this is pretty I think funny, man. there
0: are it, 20-ish, maybe more players, not even with, like, a foot, but, like, two feet in a suitcase already out the door. Like,
1: mm-hmm. this
0: is going to be – the culling and turnover of this roster is going to be so monumental – like, you're going to – I'm going to have to really, like, study and be like, okay, like, who are the names on this team? Because right now it's like, okay, like, I got to learn what? Akeem Mezador, cool, I got that name down. I got to learn Caleb Johnson, I got that name down. You know what I mean? But, like, okay, and they fit in kind of around and with, you know, the other guys. This is going to be a mercenary squad next year. Like, this is going to be <laughs> learning the names of the gold company from uh, – from Game of Thrones, like, you know, like, like all of the individual soldiers, like it's going to be a very, very different group. And I think that is for sure with the players, but from whispers that I heard in the press box today, that's going to extend to the coaching staff as well. There's going to be lots of new names, not Mario Cristobal, like Ten years, eighty-five, whatever. Like, no, we're you know Jimbo Fisher, you know, pick committed or pot committed with him. Like, no, we're not. You know, give. It, I don't think his uh, contract is fully guaranteed, but whatever the buyout is, way too much, and we're you know we have to go through this to get to where we want to go. But uh, I think the John Ruiz ain't that dumb. Gonna, no, I think yeah. some of the assistants are going to be going to be out of town.
2: I did hear the conspiracy theory recently that. Um, if you go back and look at Saban's first year at Alabama and they lose to Louisiana Monroe and the conspiracy theory was that he kind of threw that game as a way to kind of rally the boosters and say, see, see what this is. Here's why we need your support is it's this bad. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that well, was brought up in the context. The, wouldn't that
1: have been the Middle Tennessee State game, like a few weeks
2: ago? If, if, thank you, Scott, because that's <laughs> what I was going to say was that that was brought up in the context of the Middle Tennessee State blowout. Is well, maybe Cristobal, having been on the Alabama staff, he learned this old trick, and he, you know, they're going to throw that whole game, and now you know here's why we need your support. The thing is, Mario, we get it. You did that once. <laughs> you don't have to do it again. Like I think.
0: And we had this conversation in the the press room before Chris Ball came in about which loss is worse. To me, infinitely, Middle Tennessee is worse because we tried our level best. We scored late in that game, right? We tried to mount a comeback. Like there was no quit, there was no uh, the, like no. They came out and punched us in the mouth again.
2: Beat that ass. Again, Beat that ass
0: ass real bad right today first of all it's a better team and we quit like you could see it right so like it took a once in 73 year passing performance from Middle Tennessee now that was a super duper outlier but like for a team that averages like six or eight and a half to nine and a half yards per attempt right across their quarterback's career across Stockstill's career there as the coach and everything, they averaged like 24 and a half in attempt, right? The number yeah. of explosive plays over 60, 70, 80. Like the, pa- the numbers were so ridiculous. I get where you could say, well, maybe that was the one. They, they went for home runs and they hit grand slams every single time. But this one right here, so that one is worse because we tried. And they whooped our ass This one was a worse Performance from Miami But I mean they're like equally bad In different ways like that was a worse Loss considering the caliber of opponent And the way that Miami Lost but Miami played in Relatively okay game except for giving up You know 8 million yards every time that they Decided to throw the ball this game It It's real bad it's real bad
2: Mike I picked Duke to win this game you did I this is not what I had in mind No. <laughs> like I, I I was I was joking you had like a
0: 27 24 31 27 kind of uh, thing
2: yeah I didn't I didn't make a a score prediction but I would have said like a one score game you know right, or, or, maybe like 10 brain. points okay. Yeah, maybe ten points, but yeah, like four somewhere between like four and ten, probably. Like, yeah, I I mean, mean, oh yeah, they won that game. But
3: I picked my I picked Miami and my reasoning was, well, they're better. (laughs) Um that didn't come to fruition, I would say. (laughs) I mean uh
0: we I won't say were, but like it can be it was it was a four point game. At 2117 like yeah we turned the ball over we're going back and forth and like and then like it was real bad you know and like I what's yeah I don't know I don't know but it when and I hate to say this my god oh. <laughs> when Florida State comes into hard Rock Stadium and beats mm-hmm. Miami in two weeks mm-hmm. sad days. Said it like I'm. I'm assured of that result. Like it's <laughs> not even a consideration of the possibility of Miami winning that game at this point.
2: I mean, Florida State. Welcome like, Florida Florida to clean, old-fashioned hate over the last six years. Florida State's <laughs> kind of good, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, like that's the problem.
3: I mean, like exactly, Florida State's kind of good, exactly, man. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they got. I mean, they've and had they got a tough stretch here.
0: that we cannot deal with.
3: Yeah, and, and he's taking a step you know, forward. Got passing the ball, we too, cannot you know?
0: deal with. And he only needs to be passable because, like, our you know, one defensive back will quit on a play every now and then. So, like, you can get an easy touchdown there. And then, you know, Miami decides that it'll take 42 carries like it did for Duke today, but you give up 200 yards rushing. Like, 3.8 yards per carry is three carries in a first down all the way down the field. Because you're going to get a four and a four and a three – quick maths, that's 11. You need 10 first down, and it keeps moving, so and then, and Florida State's averaging what, six and a half a carry this year? Like, yeah, uh, and they're deep, oh my god, Jared Verse. oh lord. Against Miami's offensive line? oh, (laughs) That's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. What what we did to them with Greg Russo and everything a few years ago, (laughs) like, I'm, I'm not saying that Jared versus Gregory Russo, I think Gregory Russo's very much better, but Jared Verse could easily be a second, third-round draft pick and have a, a, a nice, long NFL career. Right. But what we did to their offensive line when we had Gregory Russo, they're going to – it's yikes. <laughs> the yikes. one thing For I said – whoever's back there.
3: The one thing I mentioned on the preview is that the only way I could see Miami like really struggling here and losing this game is if they lost the battle at the line of scrimmage, which – I was making an argument on, I was making an argument on the preview that you know Miami's got a lot of talent in a lot of different places on their roster but the one argument I was making was that Duke wasn't really that far off in the trenches like going into the game that was my that was my yeah. argument right like Duke mm-hmm. okay. Duke's d- Duke's deficient in a lot of areas to Miami's talent level but in the trenches is not one of them But I did not foresee this. I mean, Miami had 48 yards rushing today. Now, that's not sack-adjusted, right? So, you know, factor sacks in and all that. But 48 yards rushing against Duke? Come on, man.
0: Yeah, sack-adjusted was like – I think I put it in the good, the bad, the ugly. It was – where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? It was in the ugly. Hold on. Did it – keep scrolling, keep scrolling. While we
1: wait, are you guys ready to talk about 8-win Duke? 26 for 98. (laughs) 26 for
3: 98 yards.
0: S- was the sack adjusted?
3: Sack adjusted. So, I mean, Three less than 100 points. yards rushing on 20. Yeah. Th- yeah. Not, not ideal. Not ideal. Um, eight win Duke. Uh, Scott just mentioned eight win Duke. Like, that's a, that's going to be a thing.
0: I th- I mean, can we get a more. It needs a more catchy name, like a nine win you know? Like, it needs oh, like yeah. a real. Mm-hmm. I missed
1: I guy. was you know, thinking like of that, Cam. Real thing, I'm sorry. Uh,
2: Gosh you're but right. they're their next three games at Boston College, home against Virginia Tech at Pittsburgh, like That's three at dubs. Pittsburgh is the least winnable, and they might win it like
1: yeah. they might find themselves like eight and three going into Thanksgiving weekend, and they'll give Wake a tough time. I think I don't think Wake will roll over them that they'll bad. Give him, I don't. they'll give him a game for a little while
3: I mean Boston College gave i we'll get into this in a bit, but like Boston College gave Wake a game for a little while today. You're telling me that Duke yeah. can't give. Duke can't give Mm -hmm. Wake a little run. I mean, Duke's got a better offense. That game could be more interesting than I think we probably anticipated.
0: Very winnable for They are. Which? In um, Durham. Yeah, boy. Mm. Wow.
3: Mm. I mean, Duke's (laughs) going to probably end up in the uh, RIP Belk Bowl, the uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl, (laughs) ironically. (laughs) it's probably where Duke's (laughs) going to end up, like if they win eight or nine, right? I mean, that's probably where they're going.
0: Oh, a bowl game? That would be nice. Like a trip and a vacation and a uh a gift suite and well, like Cam, a, a, Cam, a bag listen. of uh, goodies and whatnot. Cam,
3: Cam, it's not all it's not all bad. Like if Miami does win six, I can go to the Sun Bowl.
0: Miami can go. I've I have been to El Paso, Texas once in my life and that was too many times. I was gonna again. say, yeah, once <laughs> no, too many. No yeah. no 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 once and too many look, I if you are cursed with the affliction of living or being stationed, because I believe they have uh, some base out there, then look good for you, and I hope that it goes well. I myself <laughs> personally will never return to El Paso, Texas. No, absolutely not. not.
3: How, how about no. Shreveport? How about Shreveport, Louisiana? Is the Independence Bowl on the table?
0: Never been, never will.
3: Yeah, <laughs> pass. Those- I think those are the two. I think those are the two realistic options if Miami were to make a bowl game. I think those are the uh, those are the spots.
0: I have a comfortable recliner. I have uh, beer and <laughs> liquor around my apartment. There is a very nice place that makes great wings that I can go either get them from or get delivered <laughs> from there. I will be perfectly fine, if that were to come to pass, to watch that game from the comfort of my own domicile.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. Go ACC to that. <laughs> Well, I How think the uh, teams do today. I was going to say, well, I think Tech- Virginia Tech lost the bye week to be yeah, honest. For, yeah.
2: Virginia Tech lost <laughs> the bye week. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. We got we got our coaches. And, and I, don't, tweeting out I don't think Georgia Tech
2: played today. So let's talk about something else. Oh, OK.
1: Well. Do, do we <laughs> want to go back in time, Joey? Like, we just, like, the same moment of the week is already up for grabs. Well, we already have not up uh, for grabs. We it's, got it. It's laminated.
3: Well, we got a few. We got a few different options from that Georgia Tech Virginia game on Thursday night. And you know I, what play it is? It's the last play. I think we're yeah. I think it's. <laughs> dude.
0: Oh dude. no! Not the, the Eli Rogers uh, at Clemson, Lamar Jackson's last year when all he had to do was cut it inside and go score and win the game. No no, no no no
2: no 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 no! It's worse than that.
0: So I'm, so here's the. I'm thing. just saying that's what it reminded me of, even though it is. Oh yeah,
2: worse. <laughs> it was kind of like that, but no no no, it's worse. So here's the thing: is you guys think that the Go ACC moment of the week was him making that play, him stepping out of bounds, right? So so for those for the, the un <laughs> yeah so for those for the uninitiated that didn't watch this game, basically what happened: Jeff Sims gets uh, hurt in the first half, in the second quarter. Um, Zach Gibson, the transfer from Akron, comes in. He's the backup looks like a deer in the headlights has like no idea what to do he's holding on to the ball for you know forever um, won't get rid of it he gets sacked like 7 times in this game it's it looks horrible it is it is so hard to watch at the end of the day they get the ball back with like i don't know like a minute left they're down 7 so you've got a chance to go down and tie the game get to overtime who knows what happens blah 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 blah, blah. They get a, a, a few yards, and they get a first down, um, a couple things. Basically, he, he ends up taking a snap from their own, like, 35-yard line with about six seconds left. And, and this play takes forever. So, like, the clock is more than run out. He runs to, rolls to his left. He's a right-handed quarterback, by the way, so this is not ideal to begin with. But he rolls to his left, rolls to his left, keeps rolling. Time has expired. And finally, just pulls the ball down and steps out of bounds, and the game's over. And it was just, like, super anticlimactic, like, you're not going to try anything? Like, okay, well, whatever. Well, so that that's the obvious get, go ACC moment of the week, like, candidate. Except then we get <laughs> into the post-game press conference. First Here of all, Brent go. Key gets up there. He's the head coach. He gets Read up the there. Read the quote,
3: baby. Read the quotes. And they say – I'm putting
2: the quote I, on the screen. Don't worry. Yeah, you, you got it, Scott. So basically, uh-huh. they ask Brent Key. They're like, hey, like, Gibson, like, him stepping out of bounds in the last play, did he just, like, lose track of the clock? And Key says, well, I, I don't know. I haven't talked to Gibson. I don't know, but I would imagine that something like that has happened. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I can't speak to him. You know, whatever. So later the players come in, and Gibson is at the, at the podium. And they ask him, like, okay, so did you just lose track of the clock on that final play? And he basically says, no. Like, I knew how much time was on the clock, which is to say there was no time in the clock. He basically just says, we, you know, we had tried a lot of things. You just got to kind of know when you're beaten, and sometimes you just take the L. And it was Joey, like,
1: Joey, I'll have the quote up on the screen. I'll read it for you if you would y- like. Y- please do. Zach Gibson's quote says No. So, what I was going through in my mind was I knew what we had like six or seven seconds left, and I knew it was time for one last play. And as I evaded the rush and started moving to my left, I looked downfield and just didn't really see a throw at all. I didn't feel like there was anybody to get to in that moment I can't throw the ball 85 yards 70 yards so I mean at that point I just felt like running out of bounds take the loss I mean we can go back and look at it and be like yeah, yeah I should have thrown it and after t- talking with the coaches I should have just given somebody a chance and not just given up on the game at that point and yeah not not that that's what I was doing but it's just it's not a good look and I it's know not. that especially people looking from the stands watching on tv like why is he running out of bounds and it is it is what it is. It's one play. That one play did not affect the entire game. That's Bro. all I'm gonna say. There were multiple other opportunities for us to get things going and we shouldn't even have been in that position.
2: Cam End quote. Cam's face is like exactly what I was doing in that moment what? when I was reading that. I was like, You said what? Are you serious? <laughs> like and, and and he makes yes. the comment he makes the comment about like, well, I realize it looks bad for the fans and the stands, whatever. Yeah, you're right, it does. What does it look like to the other guys in the locker room who are looking to you and are trying to play for you? And like these kind like, what the hell, dude? And not to so, mention, go back to the original question that was asked. The original question that was asked was, did you lose track of time? They gave you the out. Just lie. <laughs> Just tell Just them Just say that. yes. <laughs> I lost track of time. I don't know. Even though that play went on for like 15 seconds when you only had six. It doesn't matter. Just lie. Don't say that. Go ACC I'm, to that.
0: I am flabbergasted and shocked. I legitimately did not know. I saw the play. I did not know that that quote exists. And Yeah. Unreal. Send him, like, revoke to the Shadow scholarship realm. yesterday. Like... I'm, I mean I, How's that not You just quit on behalf laying, of your team Like how do you not lane Kiffin him I mean like leave him at the airport <laughs> And like, I mean like seriously like you, Was that a home game yeah, It was yep. a home game,
2: but drive him to the cool. airport and leave him there. That's fine. Drive
0: him to, like, exactly. Drive him to the airport. <laughs> go take him over to the varsity. Like, do whatever. Like, hey, Send the woman Coca-Cola, to they're probably hiring. <laughs> See ya. You know, like, whatever. The Georgia State Capitol, there's a beautiful church. When I took my choir, when I used to be a choir teacher, we had a rehearsal at that church. This is right on the south side of the Georgia State Capitol right there. Hey, go over to that church. I'm sure that they would take you in if you needed a place to stay. But where you cannot be is here. what What? Wow. 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 My you mind
3: know. is blown. Holy goodness. It's pretty It's pretty funny because Virginia kick returner Demick Starling with 24 seconds left in the first half received the ball at the three-yard line. Yeah. And instead of calling for a fair catch, which is a new rule implemented for safety reasons a few years back, instead of calling for a fair catch, he decided he was going to take a knee at the three-yard line. So, somehow – some way that's not going to be the go ACC moment of the week this week and this that game, takes a lot that takes a lot a lot look, I to was overcome. out at the
0: whiskey bar I was telling these guys I was at a whiskey bar with a friend for his birthday last night and I saw that one at the, the, the kneeling at the three while we were yep. still there so I, I had like a glass of Woodford Reserve and I was like wait am I drunk because I, really, yeah. I just got this drink and I only had one se- did I m- what, miss did he do? something? because yeah, but so like I, but that wow. Wow. wow 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 the, the wow.
3: best part the best part of it is that in the video, uh, Paris Jones, uh, running back for UVA and the other the secondary return man, gets so angry at Starling. <laughs> He's As screaming. he should. He's, he's, bent, he's bent over and then turns over, turns around and he's screaming, screaming at Starling because he can't believe. And he's waving his arm. He's like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you call for a fair catch? He Coaching was him on the pissed. field. <laughs> he was so, he, he, was like, he was like doubled over and then just gets mad. You see him just kind of flailing his arms and he turns around. Dude,
2: Outrageous. game outrageous.
3: This game was on cocaine. By the way, I don't even think we read no. off the score. Uh, this game was-, was on
2: lewds, dude. This was not on uppers. It was on counters <laughs> it, was- <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> bad.
3: The score of this game, by the way, was Virginia sixteen, Georgia Tech nine. Virginia had over four hundred yards of offense and barely won this football game. They had almost yeah, hundred yards. Yeah, they turned
1: it over five times or they, they, whatever. Yeah, they turned oh, it over four five? times. Wow, it turned it, it over. I think it was game. four.
3: Turned it over. Turned it over four times. It had almost a hundred yards worth of penalties, and they still won the game. This is a terrible, terrible <laughs> look for Georgia Tech, man. Like I, I, I was reminded quickly. I picked Georgia Tech. I locked Georgia Tech up on the preview. Dumb. Mm-hmm. Dumbass. Dumbass. This is what you get. Yikes. This is exactly what you get for trusting <laughs> an interim coach. Like, uh, what was I thinking? Georgia Tech still sucks. Like, what, what what am I doing? I was reminded
2: quickly, this team is still I'll, very, very bad. I'll say this. Like, the whole thing completely went to hell. So, so for, we, we talked about this. Like, Jeff Sims was definitely going to play, and he was fine. And my understanding, so they came off a bye, and before that, he had gotten hurt, I think, in early in the overtime of the Duke game. And my understanding was, oh, he'll come back. He was ready to come back if they had gone to a double overtime. So I was like, oh, well, after a week and a half, you know, more, he'll be fine. Well, apparently, he was, like, going to give it a go. And by the middle of the second quarter, it was like, I can't do this. And he, he pulled the plug himself. I I don't know if he was just too hurt to play or if he's, like, this isn't worth it or I, you know, I don't know. But the moment that he came out of the game, Georgia Tech's offense just went absolutely down the toilet, like could not move the ball at all. I mean, Zach Gibson sacked like seven or eight times. Um, I mean, he ends up with 12 carries for negative 25 yards, and that includes an 11-yard carry. Um, I, I mean, just the whole thing was horrible. Tech's defense, I thought, actually played pretty well. Even you've given up 400 yards. Virginia was two for 14 on third down. They turned it over four times. I don't know if that's good or I don't know if that's good or bad. Like a good uh, or bad stat to announce for two for 14 on third down, hundred yards worth of penalties. Like there's basically nothing to be proud of for either of these teams, besides the fact that Virginia no. finished the game with more points than Georgia Tech had. Like that's about the extent of it. Both kickers X ex- missed extra points. Yeah. Um, I think they were a combined like 2 for 4 on field goals if I'm not mistaken. Um yeah. Yeah, Virginia missed two field yeah. goals, not from like super distance either, like you know, 35 to 45 yard field goals, just missed them. I, I mean this game was a was an absolute nightmare for both teams. I mean they were it was it was bad football, just straight yeah, up we'll, it was. Will um, we'll,
3: we'll bet Ridge for Virginia. He was 1 for 3 on field goals and he missed an extra point as well. So that's a recipe to lose your starting job uh
2: and and this was also a pretty perfect i think encapsulation of kind of what virginia's offense has been this year so again they rack up 410 yards they start moving the ball a lot they could not finish drives to save their lives they kept stalling out on third downs they even went one for three on fourth down so there were a couple times they went for it and missed it anyways like i I mean (laughs) incredible
1: you guys should look at the drive chart for the second half of this game. It oh, is it's atrocious. Gross. There were three yes.
2: points in the second half of this game. It was 13-9 to 9 at halftime. Final score was sixteen to 9 Five plays punt, three plays punt, five plays punt, three plays fumble, four plays field goal, three plays punt, eight plays missed field goal, three plays punt, six plays turnover on downs, three plays punt, five plays fumble, three plays punt, five <laughs> plays punt, <laughs> 11 plays turnover on downs, three plays punt, three plays, <laughs> fun, three
3: plays end of game. <laughs> just a clap. End of a, game by a, running out of bounds. End of game by running astounding. out of bounds. Just astounding display of ap- yeah. ineptitude. That's wow. what this was.
0: I know that's a bit from another podcast, but I feel like we needed some Dvorak under that. Like, mm-hmm. shout out to Dan
2: oh, Dan mm-hmm. yeah. Solid oh, mess. yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: boy. <laughs> yeah.
2: This was I, not a not I have good one. I have told myself since halftime of that game that I would, I would be doing a major disservice if I did not call out the individual play of Dontavian Wick's from Virginia who had a he had the one receiving touchdown in this game Kids a stud and he made a couple of disgusting jukes and spins he was on the sideline nobody could even touch him to try to push him out of bounds and and he skates you know around the uh, around like five different Georgia Tech defenders it was an incredible play by him to score the touchdown that ultimately is like the difference in the game um Tech's only touchdown was a, a pick six that they had um God, I mean, this was. <laughs> I I just I I'll say I'll say this too. I felt bad because I had gone off on my Twitter somewhere in the last like ten days or so about how it is really disappointing that like ESPN and a couple of these networks have just totally ceded Thursday nights to the NFL and some of these just yes. trash trash ass NFL games that we've been subject to on Thursday nights and how college football on Thursday nights is so much and better than We still got it, don't worry. Well, yeah, <laughs> you still got it. And then my team <laughs> goes and plays on Thursday night in a game that uh, between the two teams basically set college football back like 15 years. I mean, it was just <sighs>
3: Chris oh. Grondin, friend of the show, Chris Grondin, um a long-standing bit Shout on out, this. Chris. Shout out, Chris! Long-standing bit on this podcast uh, is from my 2019 trip to Death Valley, when I watched uh, one Dennis Grossell play quarterback for Boston College, <laughs> and I was talking about how that he was works. the worst performance out of, that I've seen out of a quarterback ever, ever.
1: Joey, Dude. Joey, I got. What about Nathan Peterman for the Bills? Like five stuff. years ago, <laughs> oh, no, that, that was, was pretty, pretty bad. bad. That was pretty bad too. Oh, the Peter <laughs> both,
3: but I think they're the both. Peter Man. I, but, but to be honest with you, I think they both pale in, t- pale in comparison to what I watched on Thursday night. This was horrible.
2: It was horrible. It I just, bet. and, and w- again, for anyone who doesn't know, this kid, Zach, Gibbs, Zach Gibson, comes in to play, and he's the backup quarterback. He's transferred in from Akron and you might be thinking well he's never you know maybe he hasn't played that much like he's his first action in college football it's it's you know it's all just too fast for him whatever no my man came from Akron and again Mac school not not the ACC but like y'all y'all tell me if i'm wrong we've seen Mac quarterbacks have success against ACC teams in recent memory right like Maybe the game's a little faster in the ACC. It's not that much faster. It's not that different. Are
1: you trying to talk about how Northern Illinois or Indiana or Illinois who beat your Georgia Tech Jack Yellow Jackets last year? Is that what you're talking about?
2: The only reason That's I'm cool. not going to mention that is that that was Rocky <laughs> Lombardi, former Michigan State quarterback. But oh, yes. Of course. Sure. How, can we, how can we forget? Or <laughs> whoever the hell from whichever directional Michigan played against Pittsburgh the last two years. Or baby, like Daniel Western. Richardson
0: from Miami Booker T. Washington, who happens to be 5'9". Um, <laughs> there was... Miami went up to Toledo. They had a decent quarterback at the time. Also, they had the receiver who's at the Steelers. I forget his name, Johnson, uh, who was giving us numbers for a while. Deontay. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Deontay Johnson. Um, Mm Or whatever. So, like, yeah, I mean, it was not like it didn't end up being a Heisman caliber performance. But, like, yeah, you know, some of those Matt quarterbacks from time to time,
2: they're not – My point is that Zach Gibson has played in 17 games over the last three years for Akron and had thrown 370 passing attempts in three years coming to Georgia Tech. He's not a a rookie. He's played college football before at the FBS level. Why do you look so terrified and useless? And the only thing I can think, by the way, is and I think really where the problem is going to be and and we don't have to hang on this much longer but the reason that Georgia Tech might turn into an absolute dumpster fire moving forward on offense if you look at Jeff Sims versus the three scholarship quarterbacks there to back him up you have this kid Gibson you have Ty Pumachon who transferred from Clemson who apparently is not close to being good enough to see the field which that's a whole thing and then you have Zach Pyron, the, uh, he's like a freshman basically. So you, but you've got like three guys, none of whom have particularly close skill sets to what Jeff Sims has. And and I mean, by the way, Fumashin, part of what Jeff Sims is, he can
0: move some, but he's not Jeff Sims. And Gibson I mean, can't. Well, right. I mean, for I mean, he can, but, or Fomachan, whatever, uh,
2: and what that's I mean, like, that's the thing is you're playing behind this offensive line like you have to have somebody that can protect themselves a little bit because Gibson can't and that offensive line cannot protect him anyone that has mobility close to what he has like yeah I Georgia Tech's been feeling.
3: Georgia Tech's been able to go the LSU route which is oh we have to start Jaden Daniels because our offensive line is really really bad <laughs> yeah um, they kind of had to go that route
2: mm-hmm. so. So, but, I mean, yeah, hey, I, in a
0: couple of weeks, everything will be cured when you go up against a team that is a cure that ails – or cure, cure for whatever ails your team in the Miami Hurricanes. So, you
2: can look forward to that, Joseph. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, have, at this point, okay. UNC is just going to, like, walk into Charlotte, right? Yeah. I mean, we'll, yes. we'll get to Pitt. We'll get to Pitt here in a bit. But, like,
3: I know Georgia Tech – uh, yeah, Georgia Tech loses that game on Thursday, and that Pitt game just went final. Uh, basically right as we it hit it record, the Pitt lost again. Scott Satterfield is saving his job against really bad competition.
0: Um, Hot Cedarfields won a game? Oh, my god. Hot Cedarfields
1: won a game.
2: Hot Cedarfields. Yeah, can't believe I got that one wrong. Should we go there, Mike? You no,
1: know, let's no, we shouldn't go there. Not yet. Before we talk about club level baby let's go let's go let's go go. hey club nick hey 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 hey
0: (laughs) hell yeah and look if you guys listened uh (laughs) when i hopped on for the preview or if you follow my twitter at underwood sports i have been the ceo the (laughs) founder the you know the the first investor at the alpha level of the club level. Like, I've been talking about this because DJU is not that guy. And Cade Clubnik is so much better, is currently so much better, not even <coughs> taking into account his potential and everything else. So, um, uh, me and Harrison, uh, another guy that I know on Twitter, then Mike, we were talking about this and it came up with yeah, a hashtag club level. And like, yo, like, Clemson got to <laughs> go to the club level. And you know, I know that Dabo is going to talk about the fact that he wants to go with DJ and da da da. But like, I got eyes in my head and a brain that works. <laughs> he ain't <laughs> it, and and Klubnik. I'm not saying that Klubnik is, but I know that Klubnik could be, and I have certainty that Uyengalili is not. Um, and then he got benched uh, today for Klubnik, and Klubnik leads them back to a come b- from behind win against Clem or against uh, Syracuse, and then. In something that, I mean, almost even more than the 50-11 turnovers that Miami had today, blowing my mind, Dabo Swinney, unironically, in the same sentence, compared DJ Uyunglele
1: (laughs) with Stephen Curry. What?
0: (laughs) I heard this.
1: I did not hear the input. Was this in the post game? This
0: is in the post on the field with the reporter. Oh. And so she, I actually,
1: I actually was dealing with Mike's baby. So yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. So
0: <laughs> so he, so she, so she asked him about you know like okay you know well you know what about DJ and how is he handling this and everything and he's like yeah well you know. Um, know sometimes good players have bad days and everything and I mean like look you know sometimes Steph Curry's gonna go two for 25 you know what I mean but like he's still you know and I'm like so you have made the direct comparison to the best shooter of all time to your erstwhile tight end playing quarterback who is going to go pro in something other than sports or a different position
2: when is so you're making that Steph Curry got benched in the third quarter?
1: Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Got benched,
0: <laughs> not even like take a rest. You got, uh, you know, four fouls only in the third. No, no, no. Benched, go sit down. Somebody else is going to play because you can't hack it. And then you say that, and it sounds good, right? Oh, it's a sound bite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Steph Curry sometimes goes for t- two for 25. First of all, no, he doesn't. First of all. Second of all, even if he did, the potential exists for Steph to go 25 for 25, or that video that we saw of him shooting from the corner the other year that had 103 in a row from the left corner or the right corner, right? Freak. That potential and performance does not exist in the universe of DJ Uyungalele playing quarterback. <laughs> so to make that comparison and I will I will send it Scott to the chat right now because I sent it to my buddy uh, Fred so you can you can see you can even uh, link it and put it on uh, the screen if you want to or whatever uh, but so he did yeah, that and furthermore stated that unequivocally moving forward DJU is our guy he is the quarterback of this team he is the singular quarterback the singular leader of this team now and moving forward are you trying to get fired yes like honestly and true or are you trying to depress the value of the Clemson job to then have like a, a, a leg to stand on if and when Nick Saban wants to leave <laughs> here's from Tuscaloosa dude. and like god forbid Hold they on. lose a game here's dude, the thing like, what here's in the world
3: this is the takeaway this this is the takeaway today right this is the takeaway DJ has had a really nice year, right? He's been good. He's been good. Here's here's the problem. Today he was really really bad, right? He has a, mm-hmm. a turnover at the ten yard line, a really bad fumble, right? That Syracuse recovers, cribs it ninety yards, right? He throws yeah. two egregiously gross overthrown interceptions, like shades of twenty twenty one. DJU like rattled throws, right? That were not very. He had good. a few
2: badly off target
3: throws. Yeah, a few really like. This is the most inaccurate he's been all year. Unironically, this is also probably one of the best defenses he's played, or maybe a top two defense he's played. We'll get back, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, this started out well for Clemson, right? Syracuse uh, turned it over on downs. Uh, Clemson got the ball, scored in one, two, three, four, uh, scored in seven plays, it included a 41 yard pass from uh, DJ to Davis Allen, is one of his favorite targets now, a tight end clemson went up early in this game then they fell behind right because they started having issues with the turnovers third quarter they turn
1: it over to klubnik right and klubnik's passing stats aren't the story before yet. i jump in yep yeah we do have a comment from a listener or a watcher he only threw four passes so let's not overreact i think well, that's a valid
3: point well i'm gonna get to that this is why this is why <laughs> this next part Thanks of the conversation the tough this <laughs> tough but fair This is why the next part of the conversation is important, though. Podcast motto. Klubnik is a different type of runner than DJU. They are two completely Mm -hmm. different types of... DJU is a power runner, right? He is a between-the-tackles runner at the quarterback position. Klubnik, from what we've seen, is an off-tackle type runner, right? A more conventional college quarterback in that regard, right? Less Garrett Schrader, more like... uh, I don't know. Give me an option. Dare I Give say Johnny Manziel.
2: Sure. Um, he's not quite that, but uh, <laughs> along those lines. But he's he's not a between-the-tack. The running
3: game opened up for Clemson when Klubnick was in the game, right? They were keying on mm-hmm. the, the power running of DJU, and when Klubnick came in, it gave enough of a wrinkle that it opened up some running lanes for Will Shipley. That's where Clemson won this football game, right? We said on the preview it was going to be a Will Shipley, Will Shipley game, game,
1: right? And Almost 250 all-purpose yards again.
3: Yes. Every game should be a Will Shipley game, is the point that Joey brought up on mm-hmm. the preview. And agree, by the way, agree. Um, but that's where Cade Clubnick changed the football today. game. today. That's where Clubnick changed the football game, right? It was with his differing ability to run the football than DJU. So when, when Dabble comes out after a game and says, DJU's our guy, I believe him, right? I believe him. But the one thing I will say is that later in the year when you start playing better competition because clemson's clemson's going to win out right like this is probably the toughest game they have left like i think they're going to go to south bend and kill notre dame and then outside of that they have three games down the stretch that are all very winnable right so i think clemson is going to cruise to the acc championship and if we've seen anything out of the coastal they're probably going they're probably gonna win the acc championship right when they get to the college football playoff, inevitably, at 13-0. Mm-hmm. When, definitely. When they, get, when they get to the college... Yes, definitely. When they get to the college football playoff at 13-0, and 0, right? And it's time for them to play a real defense. They're going to need the Cade-Klubnik wrinkle, right? Or they're going to need Cade-Klubnik to play, uh, you know, additional snaps. And I'll tell you what, Klubnik's passing stats... He's seen limited action, right? But his passing stats against some of their non-conference competition did not look particularly good. So I have the same concerns. I have the same concerns about Clemson as I did early in the year. If the passing game gets a little off schedule with DJU and he has kind of the bad turnovers he's had, he had today because he's been taking the care of the football all year and Clemson's been pretty efficient offensively, they've been better because of it. If he starts turning the ball over and they got to turn to Klubnick, a freshman, to let it loose against, I don't know, like Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, I don't think that's going to be a very good proposition for Clemson, which is why, while I think they can run the table and I think that they can get to a college football playoff, the expectations once they get there from my side are extremely extremely low even as the defense gets healthy and even as you know Mm -hmm. they start you know playmakers start to emerge on offense with Bo Collins and Antonio Williams had a nice game today like some of these guys are starting to emerge offensively but like they are not that offense that they've been in the past and I think because of that when you get to the like elite elites of the world like they're not there man they're like a half step bol- they're they're a, they're a notre dame type offense when they get to a college football playoff mm. like what we've seen out of notre dame we're like notre dame beats the hell out of like everybody they play on their schedule and they get to the college football playoff and you know that like notre dame's defense you know was going to kind of hold up well enough but could the offense score with like an alabama like in 2020 or can they score with a clemson when trevor lawrence is in the lineup like the answer was no like, that's what I'm concerned about with Clemson when it comes to, like, playing elite competition later in the year. But, like, Cade Klubnick is going to have a role on this team moving forward, even if DJU is the guy. And I believe Dabo when he says DJ's our guy. But Klubnick's going to have a role. I just don't know how how much that changes things for Clemson for this particular season.
0: I I believe Dabo. I just think it's short-sighted, <clears throat> honestly. Uh, I think that, you know, Klubnick is the better option. I know that he hasn't thrown a lot. And, I mean, like... I'm not saying that he's Trevor Lawrence. Like he should have been taken over this job or anything. I just, I very. It also firm,
3: doesn't mean anything, Cam, because like it's, he, he's so early exactly. in his career. It doesn't mean anything, right? If he has, if he right. has or hasn't thrown a ton, right? We don't, we the, right. the sample size is so small.
0: Right. I mean, so you you have that, but I mean, to your point about the run game, it's not even that Klubnik runs differently than DJ. It's that all of the running backs, including DJ. Do the same damn thing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, that's shipley, a great point. You, all the receivers. I mean, you give them that's a, a little bit of stuff yep. outside, but you're going to run upside. You are run yep. inside. Maffa, the big power back, is they. The, the, where's he running? Between the tackles. Where's DJU? At 6'4", six four two thirty running inside. So you got everybody doing the same thing, right? You have no diversity of uh, scheme or. Uh, ability, really, right? You don't have anybody who's going to stretch the field laterally in that kind of a way. So now when you do that, you get that quarterback still involved in the run game, but mm-hmm. somewhere else. You take him out of that same lane, and then, okay, cool, we can let Shipley, we can let Mosva, you know, we can let all these we can let them do there, in, inside, and then out or whatever, and then, but he's going to be on the edges more, and that's going to just it, it creates the space schematically for the mm-hmm. people who are really supposed to be doing that to do that at a high level and not clogging it by bringing another guy in there. Because, again, if DJU is going to run it or if he's going gonna, gonna to zone lead it or whatever, like, where are they going to go? Both of them, they're probably going to be in the same offensive footprint, right? So I think mm-hmm. that that's really a key. Um, and, like, mm-hmm. DJU still needs to see guys high school open. And, I mean, like, look, the Tony Elliott offense apparently – is, well, not apparently,
3: is terrible. Putrid. Like, uh, fraudulent? It, yeah, fraudulent. I will say con-
0: yeah, contributed to DJ's struggles in the past because, I mean, if you see Brendan Armstrong having thrown for 73,000 yards last year, and now he's throwing mm-hmm. for 183 yards a game in that, you know, Tony Elliott designed and called offense. Fraud, fraud, like, oh my Tony God, Elliott. Know, like blinking lights and everything, so.
1: Tony Elliott good. Tony right? Elliott I mean, so holding. it's a little bit better. Tony Elliott right uh, owes, owes Brendan Armstrong, like, a couple million. <laughs> I was gonna say like I was like, gonna I'm say. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah, I was gonna say Tony Elliott holding, but Tony Elliott holding back DJU. Can you imagine like uttering that sentence in like 2020 when like DJU came in <laughs> against Notre Dame and South Bend and like threw for a thousand yards? Like, can you right. imagine just like having that take but, like not that not that long after that happening?
0: Yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, I think looking back on it with the you know the the you know the the advantage of hindsight, like okay, maybe there was a little bit of that, but. I think that that kind of hardwired into him, you know. Like he, DJ still needs to see guys high school open. If he doesn't see the eight and the other eight on the jersey open in the window, he's like, there's, there's anticipation when it's one read. Like you know, I'm re- they're they're running. You know, smash to the field side because he has a strong arm and he can get it. So, like, you know, if that cover two corner sinks, I'm zipping it to the curl. If he jumps the curl, I'm zipping it to the flag behind it. But I'm, can throw look- that I'm standing here, not moving, and I'm looking at that one guy. And that one guy determines my high-low read. It, okay, he can throw that with some anticipation. There's been... A couple hospital balls. He's throwing up the seam to like Brinning or whatever. Um, like literal hospital balls. I mean, like Mm -hmm. my goodness. I mean, if this is, you know, if if this is even six years ago, I mean, like, whoo. I mean, you're, I, you know, if jacked up was still around, you know, like, (laughs)
1: he just got I
0: mean, honestly, if you uh, and if you, you don't know what I'm talking about, like when you you throw the seam route into where the safety is going to crash down. Think of those balls that Peyton Manning used to throw to the rotating inside receivers and there would be those, I mean, big car crash collisions right there because you're trying to fit that ball behind the backers and in front of the safety and that safety's breaking on that hard for that collision. Over
2: the receiver's head, they're going to open up the ribs and there's Bang. the safety coming in to just crack them in the middle of their body. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
0: but DJ's thrown some of those because, you know, basically you work the, the drill. and It's like, okay, you're going to throw it to the spot and... Either we're gonna get the catch, or we're gonna get targeting. So hopefully, <laughs> Brinningstool, you uh, you know brought your flag jacket with you to the game, and uh, we'll you your B. sacrifice. Exactly. You know, we appreciate <laughs> you for your service. But like, he'll throw that. But like, otherwise, like, this is not a a good player. Like, he has physical talent. Like, he has a strong arm and everything. Mm-hmm. But like, he has the stature that you want. Okay, he's six foot four, and you know Miami had De'Eric King at five foot nine, ten, whatever. Cool. That's more than that. He's well-built, you know, he's lost some weight, so he's down to, what, 225, 230 from the 250 or 55 he was at last year. Great, fine. Like, he has attributes that you would think would turn into, but, like, he just doesn't see it. And regardless of if it was Tony Elliott or anybody else, I, it just, you know, at the beginning of this segment, you know, Mike is talking about, you know, the the performance that, you know, was everything uh, from DJ Today and blah, blah, blah. I respectfully submit that DJ was more himself today than he's been this season, Ooh. and everything else was fool's gold. Spicy, and you're seeing the. Re- I'm look, look, hey, and go back and look at his movies, bro. Like I went down when I was talking to Fred. I went down his completion percentage per game last year. Yeah, he had a couple games like sixty percent, but uh, completions, but low usage. You know what I mean? You're not throwing it forty times. You're throwing it twenty five. You yeah. know, 18 for 25 or whatever. You're, you know, 15 for whatever. Like, look, this is not a talented passing quarterback. He was more himself today than anything else. And what they were doing was putting lipstick on a pig, and they were trying to hide it every single game. And then the real DJU, please stand up. And he did, and you see what it is. And what happened when the real DJU, Young showed up? We went to the club level. And that's where Clemson (laughs) should be every single week. Listen to me now. I'm telling you, loud and right is what I am.
3: Clemson, so Clemson.
1: Club level. All
3: right. Clemson, um, (laughs) Clemson snapped a streak today of being perfect in the red zone. So far this year, they had scored on every single red zone possession. They were one of three teams in the country. That had done that, joining Ohio State and Tennessee, two other really elite offenses. So they snapped that today with that fumble at the ten yard line. That was the only red zone possession that they like wasted letter of the law. But they had four possessions where they uh, were in Syracuse territory and they came up with no points four different times. Like that's not going to work, right? Against Mm-mm. it, it almost didn't work today. Like mm-hmm. this is this is Syracuse team that
0: and and when it wasn't working. They went to a player that could make it work because DJ is not that guy. Y'all, whatever. I was very loud about Malik Rozier in 2017 not being very good for the Miami Hurricanes. And it was proven right in 2018. I mean, we all were and everything. But, like, hey, listen. I'm trying to tell you. Like, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. I will go with what I believe and what I have seen. He is not that guy. And whether Klubnik is or is not – I know that DJ's not that dude. And again, like you're talking about, the offense wasn't working and they were about to lose this game and it was going away from them. And da, da, da. So they went to somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, that could make it work. Kate Klubnick, Thank you.
2: I'm trying to tell you. Okay. Real quick. Next I have, question. I have four takeaways from this game. Are you ready? Number one. Number one. There's a very obvious way for Clemson moving forward to beat Syracuse. Just play the backup quarterback. Okay? We've done <laughs> this like three times now. Just, just play the backup quarterback. You will beat Syracuse. It, it you don't have working. to wait until the middle of the third quarter. Just start the backup. You'll beat Syracuse. It, it, it happens every working. time. Number one. Number two. Syracuse. Actually, not kidding. Give Sean Tucker the ball, please. Sean Tucker yeah. had ten touches in this game total he had five carries he had five receptions now we we have jokes about the Schrader Tucker index and the whole thing and yes like two-thirds of their plays ended up in the hands of please they ended up in the hands of Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker right like that's that's true but like the fact that he carried the ball five times for 54 yards I I'm sure that this is all a bunch of like option what look did they give you like kind of influence stuff but like you got to feed him the ball a little more. You can't have Garrett Schrader carrying the ball 21 times, including sacks. And I'm, I'm looking at, yeah, I mean, he got sacked five times, but, you know, but like you can't hand him the ball 16 times. Number two. Number three, part of the reason that he carried the ball 16 times, Clemson's defense did not adjust for Schrader in the run game for a long time. To like the point where like, you it tweeted took until it. Like the middle of the third quarter.
3: To the point where you tweeted it and you were like, this is eerily reminiscent of the Wake Forest game where it took them like basically an entire like 60 minutes of game action to realize mm-hmm. that all they had to do against Wake Forest receivers <laughs> was play cover three, cover four shell and keep everything in front of them, which they kind of refused to do. Um, you had that tweet today for, yeah, for like three quarters. yeah, For like three quarters. It took them middle, I, I would say middle of the third quarter is when they they finally started Uh, kind of taking away that Garrett. They had the spy out there basically right after you tweeted about it. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad they're watching my Twitter because, yeah, I mean, like, going into halftime, it was like Schrader run, Schrader run, Schrader run, and they're just shredding the Clemson defense, and you're like, okay, there's one guy that's killing you, and y'all refuse to, like, spy him or assign anybody to him. And he keeps killing you. So, I don't know. There's an obvious adjustment out here. And then Syracuse gets the ball for the first time in the second half. And it's Schrader run, Schrader run. And they just keep shredding him. it's like, this isn't hard. Like, (laughs) there's one guy that continues to kill you and you refuse to cover him or, like, assign anybody to him. Like, yeah, there's an easy answer here. And then, yeah, like, mid-third quarter they start to actually spy him and take away that run option. And then, oh, guess what? Syracuse's offense stalled. And just couldn't do anything like the rest of the game. And, oh, how about that? Clemson won. And so that's point number three. Point number four is uh, I.
0: Hey it, hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts.
2: Clemson, that's right. It was BYOG, bring your own guts. Clemson. 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 They win the <laughs> Got the like win. Still Clemson, undefeated.
3: Clemson wins their clunkers, bro. <laughs> they win their clunkers. Like. It's one thing. Somehow. It didn't used to be that way. Uh, we we had like Clemsoning Isn't used it a to be a
1: clunker when you beat a top 15 team. I don't know. This
3: was a this was a clunt this was a Clemson clunker. clunker. This is a Clemson clunker. I think the clunker if they the clunker
1: is
0: more relative to the team's performance. If they you know what I mean? sure. like, to what they can do as opposed to who they're playing. Okay.
3: If they did I mean, if they don't turn the ball, if they don't turn the ball over four times today, I mean, they they were consistently moving the ball in the first half, and then DJ would just throw it away, right? I mean, he had three of the four turnovers, he had the two picks, he had the fumble. Shipley had a really bad fumble in the second half. Like they were just giving their their players that they rely upon offensively to do a brunt of the work, right? With DJ and Will Shipley, they were giving the game away for a while, like both of them, and. Shipley ended Mm -hmm. up turning things around, and Klubnik came in and added a different look in the running game, and Clemson kind of got right in the second half. But if they don't turn the ball over four times, they probably cover here. Like, there was a point in in the fourth quarter where I looked at Scott. Scott was at my house today. I looked at Scott, and I said, Scott, is Clemson going to cover here, buddy? And it was looking kind of like they could. (laughs) Kind of like they could. They were up they were up six with eight minutes left. And I was like, you know, a score or two here, and we're we're in cover town somehow. So th- this is just not – and, and, Cam, you made the argument about, like, DJU showing his true colors. How about Garrett Schrader showing his true colors on that final drive of the passing game? I guess, like, a two-minute drill, and you're, like, trying to get your team, like, down, all the way down the field. There's, like, limited timeouts, and you're trying to, you know, push the ball down the field. That Garrett Schrader interception at the end – was one of the worst throws I've seen like across the sport this weekend. He threw it into triple coverage like on on a t- on a 10-yard out route. I'm like what are you doing? A and rough. S- and
1: and I'll that say was a it, him ball, make it though yes
0: well, <laughs> that, was, that was like a literal him ball like no throw it yeah. to him and that's come what may
2: like yes <laughs>
1: exactly yeah. the reason you say that K me and mike are watching together and mike goes as soon as this ball leaves his hand he goes that's a terrible throw he didn't even <laughs> see the end of the play just goes, that's a terrible throw <laughs> i just couldn't believe i mean he was sitting in the
3: pocket forever so you knew like guys were covered right he's just like sitting there he's kind of like surveying the field i'm like all right he's going up against like a top probably seven defense in the country and he's sitting there and he's got all day to throw and nobody's open i'm like this is not going to end well and then as soon as he let it go it was like a dying duck in the air I'm like this thing is this is a wrap <laughs> and and you see where he threw it i'm like that that was terrible like what are you doing garrett schrader and and to your point came about like dju showing his true colors garrett schrader has been much better throwing the, like dju has been much better throwing the football this year at robert and the offensive coordinator Garrett Trader revealed his true colors, man. This is like a, a bona fide – that was a bona fide Garrett Trader 2021 throw. It was horrible.
0: Yeah. And Robert and I, the former uh, offensive coordinator at Virginia, mm-hmm. who had uh, what's-his-face mm-hmm. mm-hmm. for, for 73 million yards. Brennan Armstrong, baby. <laughs> Armstrong, exactly. So, you know, like, hey, it comes full circle. You know, and, you, know you, you talk about those things. But, yeah, it was a, that was an unfortunate throw. Used to in that game. Evan
2: Sandage out. on YouTube. Dino said post game Clemson was defending the RPO too well to keep giving it to Tucker. Didn't really change up to some of the non-option play calls though. So yeah, it was uh, you know it was a little bit scheme
1: related why Tucker didn't get the ball anymore, but understandable. Thanks, Evan. But when he's Thanks the Evan guy, for watching. you have to uh, first stream ever from Chris Grondin. Second mm. stream ever. Thanks, Chris. We're doing well, our you best. You have to find a way to get on. your guys the ball.
2: Yeah. Decide. Yeah.
1: Decide. Oh. All right. That's should it. We talk, should we, no more should take. No more
2: takeaways them? on this game. I, I gave you should all four talk? of
1: mine. Good. Should we talk about uh, the fighting, Sam Hartman's?
2: Yeah. So this was a game for a bit. Got it
1: done. Th- this was a this was a mm-hmm. game for a little bit. Cool. Um,
2: this was twenty eight. I 15. thought my pick of Boston College plus the twenty and a half was actually going to work out there for a little while, and then
1: uh, yeah, Mike was didn't... scared, and then we watched the two point conversion.
3: yes Yeah. so it's
2: freaking wake going for two up 21 in the fourth quarter like 20 it's 28
3: it's 28 to it's 28 to 15 wake forest in the third quarter and sam hartman misses high over the middle and his receiver should have caught it i forget who it was over the middle um receiver should have caught it it was intercepted and i look at scott i'm like okay look at bc making it a game then they go like three plays punt and then wake goes right up the field and scores and then goes for two and as they're going for two they're they're up 19 at this point scott looks at me and he goes is this play like significant to some and he was kind of joking and then we both remembered the line in this game was 20 and a half like yes this is in fact significant to some and wake forest converts and they go up 21 and then of course they win this game 43 to 15 they pull away um they they pull away the rest of the game like bc was game here for a little while i know wake jumped on him early but like BC just kind of hung around the entire game, which I was expecting Wake to, like, more easily put this game away. And they weren't really able to do it for a while, which probably not that big but of a deal. then they won by four touchdowns. But then they won by four touchdowns. Probably not that big of a deal. Like, Wake's probably just going to cruise to ten wins because <laughs> they're just going to outscore, like, everybody they play pretty much. And, you know, they, they got their tough games out of the way and – I don't know. I mean, I, I think Wake's just going to cruise to a New Year's sixth game at this point. I think that's kind of where they're at.
1: At least Zay Fowler is still going to get drafted. Ten receptions for 135 and a touchdown. He's Damn. all they got. And right. a losing effort. He's all they got.
0: All they got. Zay Flowers from Fort L'Oreal University School. And, you know, hey. But you can't take everybody. He's like a three-star. And, like, you know, hey. But he's somebody that we should have matched or exceeded the NIL um, contribution from Boston yes. College this offseason. Um, and as we're seeing, by now relying on a f- player who was at JUCO last year, and Colby Young, uh, who had six catches for 127 and two tutties for Miami. Very, very good. Like I mean, he's becoming the number one receiver. But, like, we down here could have you. I mean, but mm-hmm. also looking at the mm-hmm. Miami – performances this year. There's oh so very much <laughs> we could use to improve the performance. So but Zay Flowers could have been one of those guys.
2: Do we need to get ready how that dude ended up in Boston is beyond me. Like he is really, really good.
0: No, I'm gonna tell you like like I say, he was going to, he went to U uh, school down here in Fort Lauderdale, which is a private school attached to Nova Southeastern University, and Boston College will come down, you know, they recruit every now and then, and it's another, it's a, you know, Jesuit institution, so a, a private school up in Boston and everything. Like, okay, well, you know, come here and take a couple of years to develop. We know that you're, you, know, you need to work on your body a little bit, maybe uh, reshape it, maybe get a little bit quicker, but, like, you have great hands, you can fit in what we do. We don't throw it a lot, but we think that you can be the guy that we throw it to down the line and everything, and pretty much everybody else in state is going for all the big names because there's always big names at wide receiver and, and defensive back in the state of Florida, uh, especially down here in South Florida. And he was just one of those guys who were, you know, pretty much everybody was like, "What?" I mean, he's definitely a power five guy. He's definitely like a, like a Boston college. I mean, he could play at Miami, Florida state, you know, he could play at Alabama. I mean, he might not never get in the rotation, like but he could, right. He could play at any of these places. So like it fits that he goes to a school with a name that, you know, but we're, just really not on him but like he's a he's a decent enough player and you put all that together with you know uh in that class uh and everything and so he goes up there and you know takes a couple years and then um really you know splashes on the field as a sophomore and uh you know everything goes from there but I mean it was kind of just you know the the private school to private school pipeline from high school to college and just a really really solid evaluation and connection with a single player and like that's how it happened
3: do we do we need to? Is this a little early, or do we need to get ready for eleven and one Wake Forest? And <laughs> I, listen, listen to me, listen to me. I know the schedule kind of looks like it's semi tough down the stretch. Like they got Louisville next Saturday. I think they're gonna kill them. Uh, Louisville won today, but I
1: I don't. I'm not worried about that for Wake
3: at NC at Louisville NC State. Is the
1: slightly better version than like. Virginia, like they're barely better than Virginia. They're they're like a very they're a very gross like Louisville's a gross team,
3: Um, but they still find ways to like. They're gonna lose to James Madison in two weeks. They're wildly inconsistent. They are incredibly inconsistent. Yeah, they are gonna lose. I I agree. I think they are gonna lose to James Madison.
0: Well, I mean, Um, when you don't know if you're gonna get Malik or McHale at quarterback,
2: it's true. How can you be consistent? This is true. Name that Cunningham. Which version?
0: You know, name that Cunningham. You know uh, which one's going to show up. So and at this point, yeah. and we'll
2: get here. You might get one drive of Malik, two drives of McHale, and then six drives of what was it? Something Dooman. Who is my yeah, guy? Oh yeah, Brett yeah. Dooman, Brock Dooman. Yeah, there Brock you go. Do- <laughs> Brock Dooman. You don't know what you are going to get. <laughs>
1: Satterfield's named. getting fired after they lose to JMU. I'm just saying it. I mean. They got Wake next week, then they got JMU. He's done so when they lose to them, because then they got Clemson, NC State, and Kentucky. He's gone. Should have yeah. fired him so
2: by Wake.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: So what they what he did is turn the temperature down from like hellfire to just simply very, very, very hot on his hot seat. Uh, should we just, um, just
3: transition? Yeah, I was gonna say, should we just transition into the pit game? Because like, I don't really have any more takes on this Wake game other than like, is Wake gonna go 11 and
0: one? that is very very possible
2: i mean it it is I, yeah well let's let's have that quick conversation and then let's let's make that transition wake has five games left at louisville at nc state home against north carolina home against syracuse at duke three of those five teams are ranked i'm pretty sure wake could run the table i'm pretty sure they I don't run know the that table there's too. any one of those ranked teams that they
1: can't beat like they're going to be favored uh, they're, going, they're, not, they're going they're gonna be favored in all five Evan on YouTube says wake slash UNC, slam the over. Well, I'm implying it because he said over with a bunch of R's. Yes. So thanks, Evan. Yeah. Slam it. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. my God. Yeah. That's going to be Way a over. 97 to
0: 83 kind <laughs> of game or whatever. Cam. Gonna, Cam. That's – no. That's going to be – yes. NBA this, this, totals.
3: <laughs> this reminded me. You and I had a conversation late last night about the Miami game. I believe that game went over oh today. Sorry. Go.
0: Well, we – we gifted them all those. I agree. I agree. It, did, it, did. I agree. it, it cashes, baby. It cashes, baby. It did. It cashes. It cashes. But it's one of my few wake, bets of cash today. That Wake Carolina game. Well, then spend that cash on, on some liquor, yeah, or, you know, or whatever. Or some, <laughs> some baby formula, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever uh, dealer's choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> just me for that baby formula. Yeah, you know. I was going <laughs> to say, I just sent, I just sent
3: Scott some money for that but, formula. But,
0: but like. So what I was going to say is that Carolina weight game is going to be like that Isner Mahut. Um, Wimbledon match that went for all the like in the fifth set with no tie break that went to you know whatever whatever like that's seventy gonna to sixty eight. Yeah, exactly. Getting Wimbledon to
1: fucking references in this podcast? Hell yeah. Welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna be one of the. I mean, it's gonna be either that or like a pinball machine. Like the points are just gonna,
2: I mean, pour in in that game. It's gonna be crazy. God. Uh, Point being Louisville, Wake is we, probably like ten and two at worst, right?
3: Yeah, they're ten and two at worst, probably eleven and one. Uh, that's I, I think I'm I think I'm on board with eleven and one Wake. The only game I could see them so, potentially lose is Carolina because Carolina can score with them. Other than that, I think Wake just outscores the rest of the teams they play. So then, let me ask you this: Based
0: upon that, is nine and three a disappointment for Wake Forest this year?
3: Absolutely, I think so. Given the remaining schedule and how they've looked so far, I think nine and three would be a, would be a disappointment. Yeah. If you told me before the season mm-hmm. week was going to go 9-3, and three, I would have said, okay, that's reasonable. But now, kind of like with how they've looked and like what's left in front of them, especially now that NC State's not going to have Devin Leary, like, right. y- you got it. You got to win 10. At this moment.
0: Okay. Yeah. But he, at this okay, moment. Okay, at this yeah. moment, yes. Okay. All right, I'm with it. I'm with it.
3: Beautiful. Louisville 24, Pittsburgh 10. Scott Sarefield saved his job again for
2: for another, another week. Another week. Damn it all, yes, Pat Narduzzi! <laughs> what is the matter with you, yo? Pitt's bad. Do we Pit. know?
0: Do Go we ahead. know why yeah. Pat Narduzzi is religiously opposed to scoring points? Do we know why he just decided after like going and winning all you know these games and you know it's, having this offense with Mark Whipple that like opened it up? It's funny chucked it around and all these things and he just said you know i hear you i know what we did and i thank you for getting me an extension and all these things but like absolutely not we it's funny too 100 percent. not that
3: because whipple like whipple's going to be out of a job again because he's like in a lame duck like just interim coach situation at nebraska like whipple's going to be out of a job again so like where's he going to go coach next because it's clear, like, he knows what he's doing, and Narduzzi just couldn't get along with him. That's what it was. Like, he just couldn't get along with him. So, probably because Narduzzi was screaming at him to run the football, and Whipple was like, All right, well, I'm not going to do that when I have Jordan Addison and, like, a good version of Kenny Pickett. Like, why would we run the ball 40 times a game? That's, like, a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So they just scored a million points last year, and then he basically just fired Whipple, which is. Mutual parting of ways. I mean, we all know what that was. It was a firing. So he gets rid of Whipple, and now the only team that Pittsburgh can score on is Virginia Tech. So, <laughs> like, this is not this is not good. Like Pitt's offense is bad. Like the, Slovis has been terrible. The oh, play calling good. has the play ca- objectively the play calling has been suspect at best. And like, basically, if your team is capable of stopping Izzy Abandicanda, like Pitt cannot move the football. Like, they are incapable of moving the football if you tackle their running back. That's it. That's all they got. Like, they don't have any playmakers at receiver. Now that Addison's gone. Slovis sucks. Like, they got nothing offensively. Nothing.
2: I I have a question. Was the offense under Mark Whipple the very best that it has been at Pittsburgh under Pat Narduzzi? Because there is one year that did not involve Mark Whipple that I can think of. And that was the oh, 2016 year Canada, yeah. under Matt, Matt Canada, Canada. Mm-hmm. after which he was pretty promptly run off. Couldn't get along with what him a, either. So, so So I will say about Matt Canada, like Matt Canada is a guy who his reputation precedes him of like, he is horrible to work with, which is a really nice way of saying like that guy is an asshole. Like he is terrible. Like, you know, the <laughs> whole thing. Scott, please bleep that for the, the whole recording, you know, whatever. That guy's uh, terrible. Like, he's awful. That
1: was, that was way too slow for me to beep it. You would have had to warn me, like, way too fast. <laughs> but right. But Yo, the point few, is. He's a
3: few drinks in, man. You got to give him, like, a 10-second warning. Yeah. This is the, the, the fellas, second so. time under on. Narduzzi, yeah.
2: the second individual occasion that Narduzzi's team at Pittsburgh has had a really good offense, yeah. and immediately the offensive coordinator bails.
1: Does Patrick usually have was a self-confidence problem? <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, yeah. Or,
0: I mean, not, not, they didn't even bail. They were bailed out, you know, like yeah, you know, they, they were defenestrated, you know, thrown through the window of a moving car or something like, yo, get out of here. Um, wh- yeah, I don't know. And like, and I was just looking at the stats. They had three running backs with more than 100 carries last year. They averaged 37.5 rushes per game. Yeah, like, it's not like they weren't it wasn't running them Right. They weren't running the ball, you know? What do you and mean like, they didn't I, run it enough? Like, <laughs> that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, yo, like in 2021, and I'm looking at it on CFBStats.com, if anybody wants to go look it up, they had three running backs with 102 carries or more, Pickett himself carried it 97 times, 525 mm-hmm. carries in 14 games, four yards a carry for more than almost 2,100 yards.
3: Narduzzi like, wants to 150 go.
0: 150 a game, like.
3: Look, what? Narduzzi like? wants to go. He wants to go reverse air raid. And, and the only thing I'll say about the Narduzzi era in Pittsburgh, and I, I get they won the ACC championship game last year and all that. The one thing I'll say about the Narduzzi era at Pittsburgh is that he's really lucky his defenses came around because for a while there we were talking about, oh, they mm-hmm. can score points with Matt Canada, but they can't stop anybody. That was the discussion in, in like 2016. Remember? They've had their years where they couldn't play any Mm -hmm. defense, right? And the defense has been either good or fine, right, ever since. For the last, like, three or four years, I would say. Defense has been, at worst, they've been fine, right? They haven't fielded any more bad defenses. But for a while there, they were fielding bad defenses and mediocre offenses, which should have gotten Arduzzi's ass canned. But instead, he got to keep his job Mm -hmm. because... You know, they had a good offensive year with Whipple, then a few years later, with Canada, then a few years later, they have a good offensive year with Whipple. And, like, Kenny Pickett never really developed until he was a fifth year senior, right? Like, short of that Miami game as a freshman where he comes in off the. Sorry, Cam. When he comes in as a freshman and, like, has that one game, like, he didn't really have anything to hang his hat on, basically, until last season would we all agree like he was a pretty mediocre quarterback until last year he hung so his, like yeah. he, hung his he head went on he went from undrafted Miami to
1: first round pick yeah. so i'm just i'm just saying yeah well yeah you know, dude yeah.
2: my brother my brother-in-law is a Steelers fan and he's like gung ho about that Kenny sucks. Pickett and i keep telling him the whole thing about the the headstone joke we had of i mean it took until 2021 that we were we were telling the joke of like one day Kenny Pickett is going to die and his headstone is going to read, had that one game against Miami in 2017. Like, because yep. up until that yep. point, it was legit. It was fine. But he had that one game that he was great. And I've then, oh, 10, by the way, now I mean, he's like was, second place in the Heisman vote. Like, oh, okay, right. sure. Like, <laughs> right. But it was
0: every game. You know, it was every broadcast. Like, oh, hey, like, yeah, this is Kenny Pickett. You remember in 2017 when Miami was 10-0 and undefeated in a game away from the
2: – Bro, cool. it's 2020.
0: Like, we're all at home. Watching this, you know why I mean? are we talking
2: about the game three years ago? Like, <laughs> yeah, right,
0: yeah, we've <laughs> yeah. been home for a year and a half already at that point, and you <laughs> yeah. know, whatever. And like, it, but I mean, yeah, I, I just don't know why. And I, I get that everybody has to have their preferred paradigm, their, their optimal version of their system and their program, and everything, right? But when you have this slightly altered version of your program Narduzi where you actually like i don't know enjoy going out there and moving the ball getting yards and scoring points the program is infinitely better but yeah. you actively choose and elect to not do that out of what pride you know like Scott said you know does he have an ego problem or a, a lack of or a control issue or whatever like i mean yeah
1: I, I mean, like, look,
0: everybody has a ver- like, some kind of ego. Like, I'm not going to say that, like, everybody should be completely selfless or whatever. Like, look. Guilty. We all have egos. But, like, <laughs> you're doing that – like, you're literally cutting off your nose to spite your face. Yeah, like, you're, self-sabotage. Self are making your performance worse. Why? Yeah.
2: yeah. I had he's the runner-up in the Heisman, and I won the conference, and that's not good enough <sighs> or – we didn't do it my way. Or right. I, uh, that was not bizarre. representative
0: of pit football. And what we're going to do is we're going to get back to the foundations of this program and pass the ball like that. I'm going to tell you right now, my name is not Pat Narduzzi. If We're not going to not do that anymore.
1: And we're going to go 7-5, and five, damn it. Like, that just makes me think of, like, did Addison leave because of Narduzzi? Or did he leave because of Whipple? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. We can have let's, let's start. That a, boy got in the transfer portal. real Scottie, quick. I was gonna go. say. All I'm I was gonna say, gentlemen, <laughs> let's start
3: a dialogue.
1: Um, <laughs> that boy <laughs> hit the transfer portal about one week after Mark Whipple was fired. We're gonna start.
3: We're gonna start a dialogue. I love how um, when when Pitt when Pitt beat Virginia Tech's ass in the second half of that game about a month ago, that the prevailing thought from some Virginia Tech fans somehow some way ca- came out to. Oh, maybe Narduzzi knew what he was doing when he fired Mark Whipple because oh, he knew he had those running backs who could run like he know. He knew he had Izzy Abana, Canada that deserved more carries, and you know what? Maybe he made the right decision. Bruh. No. Virginia Tech's defense is some asshole, and that's the only reason why Izzy Bandicanda ran for 300 yards and and was, like, setting Tony Dorsett records. Like, this was not—this is a (laughs) one-off game. Like, this offense is still terrible. It was still the wrong decision to, like, let Whipple go. Like, you bring in Keaton Slovis and, like, hope he emerges as, like, the four- or five-star recruit that he was coming out of California, and he wasn't. He was bad at USC. He's been bad at Pittsburgh. Shades of Max Brown. This guy's terrible, mm-hmm. man. Like he's not—he's not very good. They got nothing. Not yeah, Max good. Brown is that gross? Is that—is that gross cam? Max Brown, that, isn't that throwback. That's that terrible, isn't that it?
0: That felt, that felt bad. A lot what of parallels
3: a there. A lot of parallels there too. USC to Pitt, and both of them are just but terrible.
0: He, but you want to know something else, though? All of these teams that we're talking about, are gonna beat Miami this year. <laughs> oh. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Every Absolutely. Last one, Absolutely. It all goes back to Miami. <laughs> I <think that's> <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: I mean, it doesn't always. I just wanted to <laughs> let you know that I'm a Miami alum and I run a Miami website. And I just want to let you know that we're
3: going to unequivocally. They're unequivocally Is he one a of Banecanda? the four worst teams
2: in the ACC, Miami,
3: unequivocally. They're so bad.
2: Dude, we're running out of room for people to be the four worst teams in the ACC. Like, there's a lot say. of teams trying to get in that club. <laughs>
0: We're having yeah, a we're playoff <laughs> for the bottom four, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's Virginia and us. Us being Miami and Virginia Georgia Tech, Tech and Boston College,
2: Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech Boston oh, College. Five. five running for the bottom four. Uh, oh man, Louisville on certain weeks looks okay. Other weeks, they're in the running. Yeah, might be driving well, the ship. Just uh, so what, say, what's what's the
3: what's the award going to be like if you end up like getting one of those four? bottom of the barrel oh my god is this a new segment we have like our bottom of the barrel playoff here <laughs> like, whatever i mean we're gonna have to have something to cling on every to. week i mean we're gonna have to have something to cling on the to when broc- the coastal division is no more you know oh
0: my god <laughs>
3: yeah i mean, I mean the, the the reward i think I, I think the reward if you uh if you're a bottom four team in the acc the reward is getting to go to shreveport yeah it's like <laughs> what ends up happening we like get you on a bus. You go to Shreveport. You, you play in the Indip- you go. Yeah, well, <laughs> five and seven APR Bowl baby. Go play in the Independence Bowl and fuck Shreveport. So,
0: oh my god! That's where we're going. Uh, I I think that's probably to Scott's point. Probably like numbers five and six. Like the those who tried their hardest to get in the bottom four but they came up just short so they were just a little bit too good to get into that coveted bottom cadre of teams. I think that reward is the the Shreveport uh Express. <laughs>
3: yeah, that that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> y- you finish in like uh, a wild card. Ev- it's
1: like thanks it's to ev- ACC wild card spot like <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Thanks to Evan on YouTube for saying the former D.C. and Narduzzi hates to see any kind of thriving offense. Very true. That's so true.
3: (laughs) I mean, he he did coach for D'Antonio at Michigan State, and they hated offense, so he comes from that tree. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. I should
2: keep fire, open mind. To Oh,
1: God. (laughs) I mean, really they should, but, like, they won't, at least not this year.
2: Yeah, you can't do it this year. They didn't recently extend him or anything, did they?
1: Probably because
0: everybody has to have at least you know the four-year, five-year window from where they're recruiting, just so that negative recruiting topic automatically is taken off of the off of the the
1: table. With uh, one si- interesting oh exception. <laughs> oh, oh God! Wait, wait, wait! Do you want to know?
0: Well, yeah. Yes. Yes. He God, signed
1: goodness. a new contract through 2030 in <laughs> March of this year. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no way. The best March twenty
1: eighth, twenty twenty two. Listen,
3: listen. The best part, the best part about this is that Pat Narduzzi is only slightly better than Steve Adazio. That's the best part about this, right? Because I was no, going to say just slightly, better. but all right. He's no, no. Listen, Pat Pat Narduzzi is Steve Adazio without the like uh, off field abuse issues. Basically, he's like just slightly better. <laughs> it's like. Just slightly better. Wow. Uh, I mean, that's that's not even. I mean, that's just a fact. (laughs) That's an indisputable fact. He's a seven or eight game coach, eight win coach.
2: So there's the one exception that I was made aware of recently, and I say I was made aware of. I was listening to Split Zone Duo. Um, That's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I'm I'm a Patreon subscriber there, theirs. I think they, they do a great job. They were talking about the Dino Babers contract recently and how he is only signed through 2024. And the question was, well, as good as they've been this year, you know, even going into this week, they were 6-0, and they're ranked, uh, all this stuff, like, they have to extend him, right? And, and the answer was, no, you don't have to. Because if you don't extend him, who's going to come get him? They've right. had, like, two no really good years in, like, the seven or eight years he's been there. Like, you know, the whole thing of, like, you don't have to do this to yourself, <laughs> you don't have you to create giant financial liability on your your university if I you mean, know. The,
0: the only thing that I'll say from a recruiting perspective is it does open the door mm-hmm. for other coaches to come in and say, "Hey, this dude's recruiting you to Syracuse. He's only going to be there for one, maybe two, of your scholarship seasons, so he can't." Cut your even legs tell out from under you for sure. That he's going to be there concretely because he doesn't even have a contract for when you would be, you know, whatever, sophomore, junior, senior, whatever it is. So, on that perspective, pretty exclusively, I think it makes sense to extend a coach to four years out. Now, obviously, you might want to put in there, you know, information about the buyout thing. Be like, hey, the buyout's going to stay pretty consistent or it's not going to – I mean – no Jimbo Fisher, you know, no fully guaranteed 95 over 10, right? you know, or anything like that. Yeah, they're regretting that, by like the way. They that. lost again today. <sighs> and, they did? Yeah. Yeah, they oh, lost South yeah, Carolina. They, they lost South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Um, and fighting that, Shane Beamers. That it's getting late early. The game of Miami and Texas A&M was Spider-Man looking at Spider-Man and not in the way that either one of those programs would have liked or thought. I mean both at 3 and 4 both you know playing pretty poorly, you know, and I mean obviously by the results and everything like yeah, it's uh yeah, it's getting I mean even if it is getting at late early for Jimbo, th- he's they're going to pay him all of his money. So absolute shame guaranteed. oil
2: prices are what they are right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> mhm.
3: Yep. I'm in. Got to get that got to get that A&M oil money to buy him out. Which they they always find
2: the money. That's a hell of a banana stand, but I don't know, man. Like that—that <laughs> that is so much money. They it's found a, the
0: money for that recruiting classes last year. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. But but that there money and the Jimbo Bio money are different kinds mm-hmm. of money.
1: Yes. I know we're talking about money, which what I'm about to bring up doesn't equal the same thing. But contract-wise, I'm kind of trying mm-hmm. to understand what you guys think Mike El- Mike Elko might get from Duke after this season. Ooh, is he going to get a, a Fuente?
3: Question. Is he going to get like a Fuente type I think extension? He might. Like where he had a really good he he had a really good 2016. They went to the ACC championship game and they extended Fuente because they didn't want to lose him to Florida freaking State. Do you guys remember that? That was a thing.
0: It was. That was a thing. Wait. They were
3: worried about losing Fuente to Florida State. He was like that one was, of their top two or three candidates pre-Taggart.
2: Jimbo Jimbo didn't leave until after 17, right? Right, but,
3: but Virginia Tech won 10. Right. And, but the and chatter they, was
0: already out there because he was getting <coughs> divorced and there was you know, there was the chatter in the fan base that they were trying to don't move on from Jimbo
3: and oh. where
2: are they going to look. Tech won 10, so the Tech won 10, like, and
3: nobody, then they won nine. Yeah, and nobody's like actually
2: interviewing play-up. Fuente, they're just like paranoid that he will start interviewing or whatever. Okay. So Wit right. well
3: So Wit yeah. thinks so mm-hmm. Wit thinks he's found the next like beamer, L O L. So they win ten in year one, <laughs> right? Huh. And they had like that crazy comeback in the Belk Bowl after losing it. they they were like literally like two first downs away from beating Clemson, who won the national championship, right? So they they came I was in the stadium rip was a good game. rip. And uh so then 2016, that happened, so it was a short-term extension for him. And then 17, they really shelled out the money for Fuente because they were worried about losing him to Florida State. That's, like, when the bigger contract extension happened. They extended him twice, and then that went really poorly. I mean, Duke's going to extend Elko because I'll tell you what, like, if Elko starts winning eight or nine at Duke, like, he's he's not staying there. Like, he's not going to stay at Duke. No. So, I mean, I mean Elko's name been has been a, a, a been huge climber. Yes.
1: Yes. And his name's been mentioned in huge, huge jobs. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're going to have to give him money now because they know that. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah.
2: Well, it,
0: yeah, it's a good I, point. I, like, I think it, for, for him, I think he has to play Solomon and split the baby because, like, yeah, you want to get that cash now, but you also don't want to curtail your future employment opportunities. So, yeah. like, they might even offer him a bunch And then him and his agent kind of come back and are like, can we have that? Like, you know, take that in half, or which is still a step up from where I am, but not so precipitous that, like, these other places won't come get me.
3: Don't cut your legs out from under yourself.
0: Right. I mean, and and let's be real. Like, yes, Duke beat Miami today. We turned the ball over a million times. Like, they're better than us this year. They're still Duke. Three times (laughs) in the last five. Sure, fine. This is not a terminal job. This is not Duke basketball. This right. is not a, I got here, and I'm never leaving yeah. this seat yeah. job. Right. You know, right. so, you know, you cannot overlook that. Well, I It think
2: was for Cutcliffe, about- but we put him out to, out to pasture years ago on this podcast. So, you know, that's oh, it, yeah. you know, whatever. But anyways. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I think Mike and Joey even talked about this when Elko got hired, I think, like. It's a job where you're gonna leave within three to five years if you did well or less, and you're gonna get or you're gonna get fired. You'd be like, well, you tried it, Duke. It doesn't matter. It's it's the same.
3: It's it's so, like I mean, the Bo- it's like the Boston College job. It's like a really hard job. So like if you go there and win, you're going to be in contention elsewhere. Same with Syracuse. Like Syracuse is in that category too. Remember when Syracuse won with Dino Babers? What was that year two? Was that year two or year three, Joey? When they won ten with Dungy? Was that year two or year three, Babers? That was year three of Babers, was, right? I think
2: it was 2015 was his first year there.
3: Yeah. So that would have been yeah. year three of Babers. Like, we had the same conversation. We're like, okay, he won 10. Like, if he consistently does that, then, like, why is why would Babers be staying there? Because he came over from Bowling Green. He was, like, the – he was a hot name for a P5 job that year. And he took the Syracuse one. Everybody was kind of scratching their heads. And he's still there. But it's, like, one of Wait, those like, jobs. Yeah.
1: You say Bowling Green? Oh yes, I did say Bowling Green. Oh, the the, the sound didn't play. Ah, It's okay. Didn't play for you. Ah. Ah. We get to send more Next emails time. now to Riverside.
2: I will Done. say the the trajectory for Mike Elko has been astounding. I mean, in the in the in the lifespan of this podcast, right? So before we started this podcast, he was Dave Clawson's defensive coordinator at Bowling Green, and then when Clawson got hired at Wake Forest, he came with him. And then in seventeen he gets hired to be Notre Dame's defensive coordinator. Twenty eighteen he gets hired to be Jimbo's defensive coordinator at AM and now in twenty twenty two he's Duke's head coach. And now in late October of twenty two we're talking about well who else is gonna come in and hire him? Like I mean this is a, a pretty astronomical trajectory that he's on. Like and Yeah. I don't know. The thing is, like, the the thing that continues to amaze me is, like, my expectation of Duke this year was really low. Like, they've been bad the last couple years under Cutcliffe. And then, what, Britton Brown and Jake Bobo and, uh, you know, a few of the big playmakers they had bailed, like, you know, transferred or graduated or whatever. And it's like, oh, this is going to be a totally, like, just desperate situation to – get through 60 minutes 12 games a year yeah oh and by the way they're gonna make a bowl game now like what <laughs> like hold on right like, right some of the games they pulled off has been astounding yeah
0: man making a bowl game must be nice
2: oh, yeah i was gonna say <laughs> right? i can't
0: relate right, right?
3: can't relate yeah. wouldn't know the feeling could yeah You
0: mean could be my <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs>
3: yeah. that's right
2: a lot of self-esteem on this podcast right now. Uh, I mean,
3: the, we have four we have four people on this podcast <laughs> right cool. now, and none of them are making a bowl game. Like none of our three teams are making a bowl game. No, not a single one of our alma
2: maters is going to make a bowl game. Tech's chance Guys. evaporated on Thursday night when uh, Jeff Sims got hurt, and they started. Well, they, they stepped out of bounds instead of trying to throw a pass. Really, but, uh,
0: I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to say that this is like really a. Think? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? That Miami would have the best chance of our teams to potentially do yeah. it. Yeah. Oh Although, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would agree. I I don't see that as like probable, you know, or, or anything, but like I guess. Oh but yeah. I mean. Yeah.
3: Miami's got it together. Well, that, that, it sounds funny saying that after today. Miami's got it together enough where like all they got to do is put like a couple solid games together really um well more than a couple I mean when they play few. Virginia <laughs> and
2: Georgia Tech somebody <laughs> has to win those games like, Yeah. legally you can't end those games in a tie so somebody has to win Virginia
3: Tech fans are and so then, dumb, dumb man cuz they're like they're talking on Thursday night they're like Virginia Tech's going to beat they got to beat either one of these two teams like referring to Virginia and Georgia Tech I'm like Guys, like this is this is the uh, prototypical crabs in a bucket analogy that Godfrey always throws out there. <laughs> like <laughs> all, like all y'all terrible, terrible. Like yeah. all bad. Yeah.
2: Get him Barkley. Yeah, go get him.
3: <laughs> so yeah, like Tech. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, Virginia Tech should win games against these two teams. And then there's me, a a casu- i I call myself a casual observer. Why, why does Virginia Tech have to beat these two teams? Like, on, on the basis of what? This team lost to Old Dominion. They lost by a million to Pitt. They lost to Miami in Blacksburg. <laughs> like, that that's not aging very well. Like, the, they still got Duke on the schedule. That's not going to go well. Liberty won today with Charlie Brewer. Th- this is, this is going to get ugly. Like, it's going to get ugly. Like, let's not keep... They're going to lose to NC State's backup quarterback on Thursday night like let's stop let's stop doing this thing like this is can, this is insane he,
0: does he know how to throw a forward pass like actually <laughs> does do it, we, are, are we, does it are matter we sure <laughs> does it that? matter
3: Are we sure that Grant wells can throw a forward pass like i
2: got I got questions too, and you and, know and on another end of that, who's there to catch the forward pass from either of those guys because <laughs> Uh, God. The receiver group State
0: has a couple receivers, don't they? I mean
2: there's I mean, not like Thomas.
0: superstars, but
3: Thayer Thomas look,
0: and then That's a name who's been what second team or honorable mention all ACC like that's more that's a damn sight more than Virginia Tech, respectfully. You know what I mean? Like if oh, you pull a name out and be like, You don't oh, have man, to be respectful.
3: Like, no. now me a disrespectfully. Virginia Tech's got not; they got nothing in the bag offensively. They don't got anything in the bag. They got no tools that they're. They, Malachi Thomas is okay at running back, and Keyshawn yeah. King's okay at running back. They they but the run behind a bad offensive line, quarterback's bad, receiving core's bad, tight ends are bad. Like they got nothing.
2: NC State's second leading game. receiver is Devin Carter, and, and this is leading receiver yards wise. Okay. He has thirteen catches for a hundred and ninety-four yards. And one touchdown on the year. On a on a offense That's
3: that has been predominantly led by Devin Leary for most of the season, the passing offense has kind of been ass. We haven't talked about it enough. We said, oh, yeah, NC State, their yeah. their <laughs> offense, like with Devin Leary, it's been like, oh, it could be a little bit better. It's actually kind of been ass. It hasn't been that good. It's been good. bad. It's been pretty it's bad. It's not getting better. Yeah, it's been pretty bad.
0: Like I mean, it could be better, obviously, but, like, yeah, they – they went to that, like, supreme dink and dunk stuff, and, I mean, he could use accurate enough to, like, put the ball there, but, like, you know, you're you're, you're playing the game, you know, <laughs> going back to what I said earlier about, you know, like a, a Jeff Garcia offense as opposed to a Jake Garcia offense. They're playing right. everything from seven yards and closer to the line of scrimmage. Like, they're, you know, dinking and dunking and throwing screens and, you know, Uh, you know, like bubbles and slip screens, now screens. Like, they're doing all those kind of things. They're not doing anything of any kind of vertical consequence, really.
3: Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's... There aren't that many winnable games for Virginia Tech, for Miami, or for Georgia Tech at this point. I don't think. Um, I don't know.
0: (sighs) Yeah. You know, just for once, I would love it. If I could blog about a really, actually, seriously good team. Yeah. Right? Because even in 2017, when Miami started 10-0, all that glittered was not gold. And I tried to say, I mean, that was some smoke and mirrors. That was, yeah. you know... I we had we had a running bit.
3: I mean, we had the running bit on this podcast because Cam, we had you on that year like several times. We had this running bit where you would just like you'd come on the pod, you talk a bunch of smack about how bad Notre Dame was or how bad Virginia Tech was because I kept picking <laughs> against Miami. But like then after like the jo- after you got your jokes off, then you're like, Nah, but really this Miami team's not that good. Like their defense, <laughs> the defense is we see a bunch of turnovers. Offense isn't really any good. Like mm-hmm. offense can't really all bark and no bite at quarterback. Like. This is yeah. not – you were trying to warn people for months that once they played, like, a the real team, whole, like, it wasn't going to go long.
0: well. And, and you know, it's shades of that again because in that Pittsburgh game, you know, that one game that Kenny Pickett had in 2017, Joe, you remember that one? Yeah, it was great. Um, that one Pittsburgh game. just decided that one game they're going to play press man on the outside. They're going to – you know, crash to the inside zone. Uh, you know, by bringing the uh, the linebackers in the A or B gaps, uh, whichever one that they had identified based upon Miami's formation, and be like, "We're going to play cover two, shell over the top, and you're going to have to hit some throws." And Malik Rogier's not was not a very talented not player, and was unable to do so. But not even it. this year, you've seen that same defense be employed by Miami opponents. And it just, like, keeps going and going and going. And, like, you know, I just I say that to say that, like, I've been running the state of the U for a decade now, 11 years or whatever. And Most I'm time. a Miami alum, in case you guys who are listening forgot. Like, I went there from 2004, like, the actual glory days and everything. So I bleed orange and green and all this stuff. And creating content. Like, I would love the new challenge for me of a really good Potential championship, cali- you know, like playoff caliber Miami team, to like talk about and create content about and like dah, dah, dah. because like you can do this stuff when the teams lose and it's in a, in a way it's easier because you're always like okay well this is wrong and fix this and this is wrong and fix this and what but like I would love the challenge of a really good team to like talk about and. I don't think that that's too much to ask, but apparently it is because, again, even the one year that they were successful in terms of game result, they were not good. And I'm a pragmatic person, and I, I keep it 100, so I was, you know, evaluating the performance and, and critiquing it as such, and people were very upset with me yes. for, you know, how <laughs> yes. in the world could you critique that four-point, that against a, what, 3-9 and nine Carolina team, or 2-10, and 10, trailing at the half... And having 78 yards of total offense, and then I'm critical of that because it took us finally dialing up a double move to Jeff Thomas on the first play of the second half. Malik Rozier triple-pumped it because he couldn't believe. (laughs) Okay, wait. Is he? he, (laughs) And then he moved as far as he could.
3: High school open. uh,
0: You know, right. I mean, no, he was – yeah, because that that defender was like – I mean, because, again, in the same way, like I'm talking about with the NC State offense, when you're running everything from 10 yards and down – They're jumping everything, you know? So, oh, you're going to run a stop route. You're going to run spot. You're going to run out. You're going to run a curl. I'm jumping that. So when you do a hitch and go, now they've already jumped the hitch. If you go, you should be gone. And he was butt naked wide open. But winning that game eventually by 17 points against a putrid Carolina team, and I say, "Mm, it should not have been that tough for 35 minutes. You can say, well, you know, Cam, fine. Okay, we're watching different games. So. I mean, I don't know. That's my soliloquy on that.
2: Should have hired Jamie Chadwell. Should have
0: hired Lane Kiffin. (laughs) And I wrote it in 2015. It still lives on the website. That's where the hashtag Mm. let's be jerks came from. Because I said it then. And in the words of Kanye, if they hate, then let them hate and watch the money pile up. Telling you, Like, hey, that's the, The, the the one.
2: The only thing that doesn't make sense is that Lane has never been a successful head coach in South Florida. Oh, wait. No, he has. Oh, oh, geez. Oh, wait. He checked that box? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I guess he had a couple of pretty good years there at FAU. All right. Yeah. No, you're right, Cam. All right.
0: And look, he, you know, there was plenty of chatter that he would have left Ole Miss for the Miami job this this current or last cycle offseason, like in the year of 2022. Like, now I know that. You want a crystal ball, and he's an alum, and we're going to go through that, and we're going to... Th-
2: fine. Cool. I'm with it. Let's make it happen. But... Did you know his brother is a police officer in Miami, Cam? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, or Mario. Oh, yeah. I was like... No, that's why I was like,
0: what? But no, no, no I mean, <laughs> but, but, but Lane Kiffin, I mean, like, that was... Yeah. When you have so many unconnected people saying the same thing, it has to be coming from somewhere. There was too much smoke for there not to be fired, but... And yes, I've <laughs> happy that the last uh, the last Cristobal and Mirambol, uh sons each can go to Miami, Columbus, because the dads went there. The other like it's a you know, it's the private school down there that like, you know, is a legacy. And you go back and, da, 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 you know, it's so like, God willing, I have children. They're going to go to Cranbrook because like I went to Cranbrook, you know, yeah, private school, in Michigan and all that. But like so is the last, thing, I get it.
2: Yeah. You're,
0: you know, so like, yeah, but they're finally like happy that they're back and they can do that or whatever. And I mean, that's fine, but like, I would like if they won some games while they're here.
1: Like one or two. All I thought about was uh, eight mile when you talked about Cranbrook. So, <laughs> no, facts.
0: Yes, no, I every time that that comes up, uh, we <laughs> hear, hear that my house was off of five mile, uh, my grandmother's house was at the corner of seven mile and outer drive. Uh, and if no, if people are not familiar with uh, the mile roads, though. Every major road in a city is one mile apart. The east-west roads are one mile; they're spaced apart. So if you go down the freeway, it's like, oh, one mile until Adams Street, and one mile until da da da. So in Detroit, for a while, uh, they they just call them the mile roads, and uh, going on out, you really stop calling them mile roads around 18 or 19 uh, Mm -hmm. mile. But like, yeah, uh, and it really starts around. Well, Finkel is five mile. That's where I lived off of. So, like, in there, the five, six, even though they do have other names, like six is McNichol, five is Finkel, uh, but seven is really where you start uh, using the numbers uh,
1: pretty exclusively. Hmm. Well, I just got educated on Detroit, so. I learned something here,
2: yeah. (laughs) Kim, Kim, yeah, so you grew up in Detroit, but you ended up at Miami, right? Yes, and the same way I was talking about Zay Flowers, a private school to private
0: school. I did go to Cranbrook; it's a private school, like literally, that's my alma mater. Aim high, okay. Uh, and so when I was looking for uh, colleges, I was looking for a private school of progressively larger size. <laughs> uh, and I went to a uh, college fair at Loser High School, which is around the corner from Cranbrook. And I saw the Miami table. And my mother had moved down here for a job my senior year of high school, so I was like, "Oh, I can get in-state tuition." They're like, "Oh, they're, we're private school," and I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right now?" <laughs> they're like, "The private school," and I was like, the Miami that I watched in the College World Series all the time, and the one with the football, that was a private... So, I like, yeah. so then I looked into it, and it was a perfect fit, and here
2: I came. There you go. DPKA. Mike, you're all the, right. you're the uh, cruise director. What else? Anything? Nothing? Maybe? No, nothing. Uh, bed Not bedtime. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: bedtime at almost one and a half in the morning, I've, absolutely. I've, uh, we are
2: all yeah. way too old to be still awake right now. I
3: mean, yeah. Jo- Joey's... Oh, you didn't take your pre-show nap because I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, bro. Joey's
3: got J- Joey's now got kids <laughs> plural. I have I have kids singular, but he's like you know, a three-month-old. Yeah, nap time for me. I, you
2: don't you don't really sleep. It's it's nap time for me. is basically what it is. Yeah, okay. Extended nap. I mean, I'll, take your for it. I'm going to go to sleep, but I got to do some dishes first, and you know, like, <laughs> bro, it never ends. <laughs> It never ends. You're just
3: constantly. I'm just constantly on my feet all day, just never ends.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: I have a I have a promise for you guys before uh, before we log off here.
3: I promise. It's like the the LeBron tweet. I promise. In all caps. Continue.
2: Um, is that similar to the, like the Tebow post game? interview or, or like how does that work after losing to a bad old miss team
3: the team was yes. so bad was that houston not all miss
2: yes <laughs>
0: and nobody's gonna play harder than me and nobody's gonna
2: yeah, yes, uh. the uh the movie saturday night fever that opening line is that superstition by stevie wonder am i connecting that right I've only ever seen so. maybe the first 10 minutes of that movie. It's
0: we'll been a long time, it. but I think it is.
2: Okay. My promise is that the next time we do this, I will have uh, that queued up to be our intro-outro music is Superstition by Stevie Wonder for our Saturday Night Fever Hell yeah. podcast. Does that work? That works.
3: I mean, I I enjoy that song, so that'll be good. Great. <laughs> it's a I great, enjoy fantastic that song. song. Oh, man. <laughs> Good
2: song, I enjoy it. One of the greatest
0: it. songs ever written, my God. I enjoy it. Yeah,
2: legend. All right, sweet. All right, I'm good. Anybody else? Any, anything? Nope, I'm good. Thank hey you Pitt. for
0: allowing me to vent. I appreciate Anytime. It. Um, this was uh, therapeutic for my spirit and my soul, and I will, uh, I will sleep easier having gotten all of, <laughs> all of that off of my chest. And all the <laughs> takes fired off
3: and the the one the one final thing i want to leave the viewers and listeners with is mostly to pit fans and actually pit boosters just do yourself a favor and just Goodness. don't don't do this anymore you don't have to do this anymore like
2: you have our support like please please fire him like just end this don't continue to do this on the this. other
0: hand i i would like to say that Everything is fine at Pittsburgh. You should leave it just as That's it true. Is. Good point. Uh, leave it. Leave no it alone. changes that are needed. And we thank you for uh, just your consistency to uh, <laughs> the kind of program that you have. Uh, and I look forward to you continuing in this same fashion for many, many years.
2: The commitment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. Let's get out of here. I'm at FJSJoey on Twitter. He's at Mike McDaniel SI. He's at Underwood Sports. Together, Rap BC Podcast ACC. Uh, go find him at Severus Snipes. That's producer oh Scott. Don't follow me. Go follow. Go follow <laughs> him. Do it. You no, have to. Don't do it. Those are the rules. I don't make the rules. I, I the, do the, the, the rules. No rules, survive, um, baby. Basketball Conference steakhouse. Podcast at gmail.com. dot <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, Spotify, iTunes, all the podcast places. Uh, we appreciate reviews. YouTube.
1: This has been streaming on YouTube for two hours now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: we have. If you want to find our two-hour YouTube streams, just go subscribe to the channel. Uh, go find Basketball Conference. We're getting close to 100 subscribers, at which point we will have a dedicated URL. Mike, where else in the social medias? Facebook. Do you want me to do the that's whole thing? It? Good. <laughs>
1: what
3: the hell? Facebook. No. Nailed, no, that's good. Nailed that's good. it. Nailed it. it. Nailed it. it. Nailed it. it. Nailed find it. some of our podcasts there, baby. Facebook, the longest social
2: media ad known to man. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. Uh, can uh, anything else that we missed on advertising your stuff? MySpace. Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, no, U dot com is the website that I run. You can come on over and fan with us. We are all Miami all the time, so uh, we appreciate your support. Uh, always good to see. Uh, you know, Mike and Joy. A pleasure to make Scott's acquaintance tonight. Of course. Um, you know, hopefully I'll be back another time, and we will see you soon.
2: There is – I I don't think that there is another article on the Internet that is as good of a recap of Miami football games as Cam's good, bad, and ugly article on State of the U after every Miami football game. So if you want to just get a quick glance of, like, what happened and how do we feel about it. Go to com after the game and check out that good, bad, and ugly article. It is phenomenal, and Cam does an incredible job with it. And you get all the uh, the emotions and all the the feelings with it as well. So it's just it's the perfect encapsulation of like what happened and how do we feel about it. It's it couldn't be any worse. It couldn't it couldn't be any better. Sorry.
0: Well, I, I appreciate it. No, that's a, a piece that has become like the the pinnacle, I think of. Uh post-game commentary across the the Miami internet so uh yeah mm-hmm. I take a lot of pride in that I I could you know outsource that to another contributor but no that's become my personal baby so as long as I'm still running the side I, I do that and I really do appreciate that so uh but I mean there's plenty of other great stuff there as well but uh yeah no that that's uh what we do and how we do it um and yeah come on over to band with us and see if it's free. and if not I mean like hey when we talk about all the games so even if you're not a Miami fan uh, if you're a Duke fan, like my best friend Nick in Detroit, who I'm going to send the good, the bad, and the ugly because – Hey, Nick. I don't know why. You know, he well, I do know why. He loves the color blue, and he loves the blue that Duke was. So when I was rooting for Carolina basketball, he was rooting for Duke basketball, but then he took mm. that on as his holistic uh, sports <laughs> fandom. Uh, whatever. Uh, so I'm going to send that to him and be like, hey, you know, we were, I talked about, you know, playing your team and everything. So, uh, you know, and my good friend Phil went to Clemson. So after we play them, I will send that to him as well, which is going to be also full of lots of constructive criticism and feedback, <laughs> I, I believe. But, uh, no, I really do enjoy that. And uh, I appreciate you guys for, for pumping that. I really appreciate that.
2: Shout out to Nick. Shout out to Nick. <laughs> Mike, that's all I got. Anything else?
1: Nah. We'll be back for the full recap later. Oh, God, we will? Uh, uh, I told Mike we will, so you have sh- to be. Dang it. I the thought camera, this was the full cam recap. Cam doesn't have to be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Run it back. I might, call in from the, I might call in from the car on the way to daycare Monday morning. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> That's fine.
1: <laughs>
2: Showy in the car. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see that. Yeah. You haven't experienced me in the morning yet. It is, uh, it is a rough scene. I'm not a morning person, but, you know, we'll get there. All right. For Mr. Mike McDaniel, Mr. Cam Underwood, Mr. Producer Scott, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon, maybe next week on uh, Saturday Night Fever again. We'll see what happens. Until then, Go ACC. <laughs>